The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. This is the main event. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cap dad, and the man who refers to his toilet as the Battle Bowl. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He is the WCW watcher of classic wrestling and the dirty dick to my Colonel Parker. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? You finally get it right and use it in that context. <laughs> well, well, absolutely. Hey. I got a, a battle bowl toilet joke and a and a dirty dick joke all in the same you know what minute? <laughs> I'm, I'm to clarify, so turn people off. Dirty dick is dirty dick Slater wrestler on the show. Exactly. If you're listening to this, you should know. All right, I'll just say it. By the way, he he looked like everybody's drunk uncle coming to the like walking down to the barbecue while he was coming to the <laughs> ring in the show. <laughs> so what else is new? <laughs> basically i was like this is a professional wrestler okay hey greg whether you like it or not that is the peak of manliness right there all right you don't have to like it you got to accept it no <laughs> right. um i'm just moving on <laughs> anyway uh ladies and gents we are going to be covering wcw slamboree 1996 which uh look 1996 was a pretty good year uh, for WCW, uh, this was I'd not. Say. This was not it's indicative the, of that. It's where the the start of their rise began. Yeah, right. Uh, the start of the their uh, their upward momentum started in '96. Uh, Rey Mysterio debuted in '96. Who we'll talk about in the news. Uh, the very next event, by the way. Uh, now in the archives, Great American Bash 1996. Go check that out. And there was I have that figure. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of cool stuff. Uh, War Games was uh, was interesting, and Sting took a took a powder uh, towards the end of this year. And next time we saw him, he was chilling up in the rafters with uh, new paint, new hairstyle, new clothes, oh, new attitude, man. But this show, like I was Ripping saying, off Lee. <laughs> right? Uh, this show was not indicative of uh, you know their success. The show was kind of uh this show to me it felt like a sideshow, not like a not like AEW, but like a, another part of WCW, like a like it wasn't WCW, it was just like a show that under their banner. There were some things that got set up here, but I mean, Hulk Hogan well, was how not much on the show. Really, how much do you really remember? Yeah, I there was a mi- I will say this now: there were a million matches, and I didn't care about a single damn one of them. Oh, a couple of minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. And it just, I hated the oh, like AW Dark in a way. Our matches, two minutes apiece. Right. Dude, I, I just, I hated the Battle Bowl concept with the lethal lottery and all that crap. It was stupid. And some of it was just like, oh, some tag partners did get yeah. the luck of the draw. I was going to say, and watching this, how, how random is that lottery? Right. You had you had matches where it's like, oh, some tag partners got the luck of the draw and they were on the same team, but others, uh, they they were against each other in the same match because you know it just always happens to work out that way. But it's totally random. Ugh. 
I don't know. This was um, a show, man. There were a couple matches, I will say, that were, that were decent. There were some storylines got set up or moved forward or whatever here. But there was nothing groundbreaking and major on this show. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. But there is a lot of news and notes to cover here. Uh, plenty of stuff going on in the wrestling world. Most of it is actually in WCW. Very light on the WWF news here. And uh, next month is really where it's at. If if everybody goes and checks out uh, Great American Bash 1996, one of one of the earlier shows we did uh, on this podcast, and that show was pretty good, pretty pretty freaking great, if I remember correctly. But either way, we'll get into all that in the news and notes right after our first break. But first, I need to tell you about the sponsors of the podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day at the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Spring and summer are just around the corner, so you know when you're out golfing and the sun's beating down and you just want to take your shirt off because of the heat? Well, these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. That's great for beating the heat, because I don't know about you, but even here in the Midwest, our summers get blazing hot. So you don't want to give up your golfing time because it's just a little too warm outside. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off at M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now we're going to get into our first break here where we're going to tell you where to find our great merchandise, if I do say so myself. I'm actually wearing our uh, Main Event Marks t-shirt right now. It's just a logo on a black t-shirt. But there are plenty of other things if you don't just want to rock our logo around. Um, there's some some other designs. The black uh, shirt with a logo is not much you can do to market that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you can check that out. There's there's some other graphic stuff that the, it's, it's like parody logos with, with uh, stuff on the podcast. There is one that uh, it, the T-shirt literally, literally says, that is correct. <laughs> so you might you might want to go check that out. There's one that says, hashtag plans changed, the official T-shirt of Uncle Dave Meltzer. Uh, plenty of other cool stuff, too. But uh, And also in the break coming up, we're going to tell you about some other of our other favorite podcasts besides this one right here. Uh, you can go check out and go to our YouTube and subscribe there. You can listen to us. You can watch our Marks on Media videos, and also uh, you can check out Jacob Grandi with Curtain Jerkin covering all the current stuff. He's been hot and heavy with posting new episodes lately. I don't know if you noticed that. I like did. Two yeah. Days, yeah, two days in a row he's, he had a new episode. So 
he doesn't have a set release date. He kind of just drops them when there's big enough stuff to, to fill an episode with. So it might be once a week, might be once every or, you know, uh, like twice a week, you know, stuff like that. So go check that out. Uh, obviously, we cover classic stuff. He covers current. But on the other end of this, we're diving into all the news that is fit to be read right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event, Marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event, Marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore. Take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts? Gimmick and politics free? Well, so do we here at the main event marks. And so do the guys and gals at Coffee Brand Coffee, where they ditch the gimmicks. You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee, as well as K-Cups, and for the non-coffee people... They offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code MAINEVENT, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code MAINEVENT to save 5% at checkout. Uh, you cracking anything today? Uh, yeah, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Go blue. An- 
uh, well, F that. Um, I, I can't drink to that. Like, you just ruin it. So, but I, I was going to say, if you didn't have anything today, because the last couple times you, you didn't. So, I was going to say, well, I got you covered. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? Oh, yeah. I'm drinking a uh, Red Thunder from uh, from Aldi. It's their uh, their knockoff of Red Bull. Pretty damn good, actually, I'll say. I am drinking the, the Rock's Energy Drink. Oh, yeah. Uh, hell's it called? It's Zoa. Zoa, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad, especially if you want, you know, low sugar and all that stuff. Not bad. It's a healthier version of an energy drink, definitely. You can buy it at it, it used to be exclusive at GNC. Now it's kind of everywhere. So I got mine but, at Dollar Tree. Yeah, yeah, my Dollar Tree sells it. So uh, you guys can, uh, if you if you want to give the Rock more of your hard-earned cash, <laughs> go to the Dollar Tree. He needs drop. it. Exactly. Go uh, go drop a buck twenty-five and uh, get yourself a Zoa. But anyway, it's time for the news and notes here, which means that is correct. <laughs> Shut the f*** up, Dave. Everything that guy just says bullshit. <laughs> and I am reading for a lot from the Observer today, so uh, that line is uh, well, it's, it's it's pertinent. But either way, uh, it's actually some big news about WCW to start off here. It appears that WCW Nitro is going to two hours, effective on May twenty seventh, so the week after this. Uh, this had actually been expected for a while, but it was thought that it wouldn't be happening until the new fall TV season. However, with the terrible ratings drawn by the show on May 6th, where it was in a different time slot, they're starting it now. Terrible ratings, so we're going to bump it up and give you more. Because, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, I assume they mean because it was like on a different time slot. So they're like, ah, well, we're just going to get them used to watching it. Uh, you know, start them at the earlier time, get them into the later time. I guess. I don't know. Plus, didn't they want to like work the show so that they're competing with Raw? Because I think they came on an hour before Raw originally, didn't they? They did, yeah. And then they stretched it to two hours so that they're literally overlapping with Raw. They each only had an they each had an hour by themselves. Right. So I want to say they used to be started eight to ten. Yeah. So originally was it eight to nine? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Raw would have been nine to ten. Yeah, so then they then they changed it because I think Raw Raw was only one hour at this point, right? Or had they officially gone to two? I think it was one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm sure people will correct us if we're wrong, but uh, that's just well, actually, <laughs> right. Well, it looks like WCW will be adding some new features to Nitro and featuring some new wrestlers. Although that's just speculation at this point. The worst-case scenario would be that the WCW booking committee isn't capable of managing a two-hour show without diluting the product. Some people are saying that the ratings upswing as of late has been due to hot-shotting all the big angles, and the ratings will drop once they run out of stuff to hot-shot. In fact, WCW's reluctance to feature anyone different on their show might come back to bite them someday. Well, wouldn't you know who won the pony on that one? Yeah. However, uh, that first part, I mean, they didn't start really hot-shotting anything until I'd say 99? I mean, oh. you think about the stuff, like the 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 good stuff that WCW is remembered for. Uh, the NWO, that was a slow burn, lasted a long time. But I will say that that got watered down, and 
man, they beat that horse to death and then some, man. The right. Uh, the thing there, the other thing would obviously be what I mentioned earlier would be the sting storyline in 97. That literally took all year to play out. So it, when it started the previous year, so if you think about it, it was like an, a year and a half that that story took to unfold. So that was, that was a big one. I think that and gets then, forgotten. People act like he was there the whole time, feuding with them until he turned dark. Right. Yeah, he was, I mean, it started when, um, before obviously bash at the beach, he was, you know, the WCW guy, then it took some different angles. And then finally he took his time off, came back and he was, uh, the crow sting. So, but the other one that I'm thinking of is the Goldberg storyline. It was compared to the other ones. I guess it was relatively short sort of, but I mean, they played up that undefeated streak and everything about him. I mean, that took a while to unfold. Long-term storytelling. It's the only one they ever did. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, he was the only new star, yeah, that they elevated. Past that, it was like, oh, yeah, these other guys. Ironically, he looked like somebody Vince McMahon would elevate big time. <laughs> yeah, right. By God, look at him. He's vascular. She doesn't sure, she's vascular. <laughs> God. He doesn't have a neck. It's just shoulders up into a head. That's Bobby Lashley. <laughs> that was... Dude, freaking and partially uh, Ivy Nile, thrills like a, Ivy Nile on NXT thrills a freaking uh, looks like a rock. <laughs> uh, Ivy Nile, let's see. I, I don't, oh yeah, her. Okay, I know who you're talking about. I just forgot her name. Her shoulders are about as big as my arms. Yeah, right. That's another one like Rhea Ripley. It's like, uh, hey, I wouldn't mind you abusing me, throwing me around a little bit. I can take it, bro. You can abuse me, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, God. The challenge for WCW is going to be getting over a lot of wrestlers as part of a two-hour show now. The challenge for WCW is going to be getting over a lot more wrestlers as part of a two-hour show now. Uh, They won't be able to ride on the coattails of reputations made in other promotions anymore. (laughs) There it is. Uh, But in fact, they'll be forced to get over foreign talent like Steven Regal, Fit Finley, Eddie Guerrero, and Chris Benoit, as well as the Japanese and Mexican talent who are being used as cannon fodder at the moment. Uh, or who? Re- the big stars and whatever. I don't know. I don't. I but I don't remember. Like who the hell did the the quote unquote the Mexicans? Who who the hell did they face that they were getting crushed by? That's what I'm saying. I don't know. That sounds weird. Yeah. Uh, Usually facing each other. Yeah. Steven Regal and Fit Finley had like moments whatever but they were never like pushed as like uh big talents eddie guerrero had uh you know he he was like a top mid carter i'd say chris benoit as well he he had a few pushes in the spotlight uh but as far as getting over the about to go on the horseman i think yeah well but as far as the japanese and mexican talent being pushed well uh oh it shouldn't because nobody cares bro yeah, bro, you're not white or American, bro. How can I relate with you, bro? So stupid. <laughs> that, that's like the, the opposite. He's of not even from one of the boroughs, bro. He's from Long Island. Who made me count? Right. That's not real New York. <laughs> anyway, the new Nitro expansion move is all from TNT, who are desperate to boost ratings in prime time. 
and they boosted the TV rights fees being paid to WCW as a result. Uh, I don't think there were TV rights fees because they own WCW. Like, uh, I mean, what? I still think it goes with the advertisers, right? I don't know. I, I don't know how that works because uh, Bischoff was saying that like when they got a second show, they didn't get a boost in their production uh, fees or whatever. So he said they had to do more work with the same amount of staff and same amount of money. Kind of weird. Hell I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how the hell that that works uh, with this, but either way, that coupled with WCW house shows being up for the first time in years means that WCW is now in the very unfamiliar position of being profitable for the first time ever. Although Eric Bischoff still has that dollar, right? Right. Uh, Eric Bischoff, by the way, did reveal that they were actually running in the black as of 1995. So. They were profitable the previous year. But. Well, this is from the uh, Observer, right? This, yeah, this is. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, you were off by uh, a year, but, you know, whatever. Well, no, actually, it wasn't profitable. Uh, shop made it up. Actually, because the gender uh, at CNN Tower told me. What the hell? So, so what are you, are you saying? Shut the f*** up, Dave. Yeah. Oh, well, how dare you? Either way, shut before I pee on you. I shoot it when I have a chance. Yeah, right. Oh man! But with the Great American Bash, I once peed next to that man at the Shark Tank at a Sharks game. Yeah, showing that showing that Uncle Dave has a life outside of this, which showing that he pretends or thinks he does. Yeah. Hey, was shocked too. I I I would say if he's at a hockey game, that's. Like, out of all the, the sports, it's like, how do I act like I have a life outside of wrestling? Uh, what sport should I go to? <laughs> I don't think hockey's at the top of the list. That's <laughs> yeah. like, I, I think, you know, he probably would have went for, like, I don't know, basketball or football or ba- baseball or something. Nope. Hockey. I'm sure he's been at a Warriors game before. Everybody in the Bay Area likes the Warriors, so he's been the one. Yeah. Well... Either way, with the Great American Bash coming up, Uncle Dave is skeptical about the quality or drawing power of the show, as no one is going to pay to see the Giant versus Lex Luger, and he doesn't think that Ric Flair and Art Anderson versus a couple of football players is going to be any good. Well, I'll hit this this now. Not the right sound effect I was going for, but you it still works. One too. Yeah. Oh, you mean? Shut the f- up, Dave. That was one another one. Wow, I... you can get them all in this one. That one. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. Uh, and if anybody heard me earlier teasing it, it was uh, it was a pretty damn good show. So there you go. Now the archives. Anyway, exactly. Plus, the undercard just looks like the booker, Kevin Sullivan, putting himself in a great match with Chris Benoit and Eric Bischoff letting his friend, DDP, work with a great wrestler, great Muda. And go into a tour, into a bathroom with a toilet full of gold, gold, gold piss. <laughs> uh, bro, drink water, man. I'm taking too many vitamins. Yeah, uh, it's more like vitamin B-E-E-R. <laughs> But Conan is also somehow in a semi-main spot against Sting for the U.S. title, which he's done nothing to justify. That card just got shuffled around something fierce in the weeks beforehand, too. 
Also, Uncle Dave thinks that it's really stupid to put Ray, uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. on this show against Dean Malenko this early because they're just going to beat him and kill off his character before it even can get started. This guy, Uncle Dave notes, could be a hero to kids for years to come and sell tons of masks, and they're just going to destroy him in his very first mask or match, and he will never recover. <laughs> oh, wow, that is <laughs> five different things on the H-Bad. Yep. Well, I, I just hit the well, so uh, I also got to tell him <laughs> wrong. Uh, none of that is true. I, I think he won, didn't he? I remember correctly. I, no, I think Malenko won. Actually, I think. I think oh, I couldn't remember. But yeah, ah, oh, he's gonna come right in, and get just buried by Dean Malenko. Like f off, Dave. Can I just point out, by the way, the uh, point out some logic here. I know that's the little Dave Meltzer, but if Malenko wins, does that help him? Yeah, but it's like, oh, well, he's got to come right in and win. So, so Dave is like, don't bring him right in and put him in a great match that people will enjoy at one of the bigger pay-per-views of the year. No, you need to debut him on Nitro against somebody nobody gives a damn about just so he can get a win. No wonder he likes AEW so much. Yeah, this freaking gonna debut uh, Switchblade against Commander. Yeah, that was great. Well, I. Well, Dave, Commander is all elite now, and uh, people care. Right. No, people love Switchblade, and he should be a big star, but debut him against that. See, personally, when I saw that Commander was all elite, I said, Who? <laughs> Commander with a was, K. And he's one badass. M. Yeah. And a mask that looks like his mom made it. <laughs> I don't know. It was so effing stupid. That match was amazing, by the way. If anybody goes checks that out and put Rey Mysterio on the map and made people go, oh, now, he's not I like would, the other luchadors. I would never, ever like, defend douchebag Dave. Can I say that? But, um, oh, yeah. you know, in his defense, he couldn't have imagined they were going to wrestle each other 100,000 times. Trade wins. So. <laughs> yeah, so that's you, true. You have, to, you have to credit him for that. Right. But it's like, dude... <sighs> Rey Mysterio came in. I, I don't know what his attitude was after the match, but like, oh, he got over huge. The match was phenomenal. I think you and I might have given it five stars. I don't, I don't remember. I'm but, pretty sure I did. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm uh, damn near all of their matches were five stars. So, <sighs> whatever. Also, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash should be debuting with their new gimmicks on the next show after the bash. They're gonna be. <laughs> All the way wrong. Yeah, wrong again. They're at the back. And they gave you way before it. And the whole point of their whole thing here is they don't have gimmicks. So you're wrong there, too. Yeah, right. Should be debuting their new gimmicks. Like, what do you mean? Like, But they were, uh, that was another big thing at that show. They were interviewed by Eric Bischoff. Uh, they came right out and said, we do not work for the WWF. And their names are Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And, you didn't know uh, that at first. They didn't say it. Yeah. Well, they really don't they, say it until Bash the Beach, I don't believe. I thought they said it at, at Great American Bash. I don't know. It, they do. I must have missed it, though. Maybe, maybe you're right. I, I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched it back. But I do know that they, uh, or Kevin Nash, jackknifed Eric Bischoff right off that damn stage. Looks like you broke him in half, too. You go back and watch it. <laughs> I know. I was like, holy crap. Obviously, he's okay, but that looked ugly. But WCW started an angle to turn Lex Luger into a babyface after getting choke slammed through Ric Flair's fancy table. 
Although, from the Disney taping results, it appears that they'll swerve it back to him being a heel again by the summer. Overall, Nitro was a uh, I don't remember what happened after that. Did he st- he stayed a babyface? Yeah, he goes to Bash the Beach as part of Team WCW. Oh yeah, and then he gets right. taken out mid match, thus making it look like he's the third guy coming back out. He never does. Dude, I feel like in this entire era, it was just like Lex could turn any minute, and he never did. <laughs> and you know what? Contrary to what people will say, people love either loved him or hate him. They bought whatever he was. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, they can say whatever they want in the dirt rags, but I mean, it's, it's true either way. Overall, the nitro, uh, was a blah show this week with a dead crowd. They all had people trying to, or they also had people trying to lead the crowd in how to react, which uncle Dave was told it went badly. Oh, uh, wow. Then if he was told, yeah, like, well, well, they, they held up signs and told us it's like, did they though? Like Dave are you got proof like, on that? Yeah. I know we're out in the uh, smartphone era. Not everyone's taking pictures of everything, but there's got to be some kind of video or photo proof. Right. Yeah. So some people brought cameras into those those shows. So I was like, really? Yeah. The other day in the major pod group, I don't know if I showed you or, or told you, but some guy in there was at WrestleMania 3. He had a bunch of throwaway camera shots of Hogan and Andre, which is kind of crazy to see. That's awesome. Like, so you can't tell me people can take pictures back then. Yep. Well, you saw all those flash bulbs in the crowd back in the day. There's a funny but, Jim Cornette video about how flash bulbs are dead. <laughs> He's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now you got you just got smartphones now, so there you go. But the previous week in Daytona Beach, security violently ripped a sign away from fans that read Hogan's Click. No word on why. Because uh, the click, click was coming in. <laughs> yeah. Also, and they may have spoiled it inadvertently, or I don't know if they were trying to, but yeah, right. Uh, but also, this this sign spelled it K L I K. So yeah, I try to <laughs> that, stay away from words with multiple K's. So good grief! Here, here you think go. It's some uh, bad juju. That's J U J U, by the way. Blood Runs Cold will actually have nothing to do with Kevin Nash or Scott Hall, but instead will be three ninjas, including the former Adam Bomb. Uh, Well, I I mean, I don't know. It's sort of... That is correct. He says always a kernel of truth. Yeah, I mean, Adam Bomb is in there. Uh, Wrath, for anybody who doesn't know. Uh, And yeah, I mean, they're kind of ninjas, sort of. I mean, they're... Based on Mortal Kombat, so... Okay, so from the way you read that, the way I Ish. took it, it was, it was going to be three people in the same team. That's what I That's what I had heard. Uh, it just... It doesn't specify that they're going to be a team. It all, it it would all feud, though. Members. Right. Yeah, Mortis, uh, Wrath... Or, well, Mortis and Wrath teamed up here and there. And then uh, with freaking Van Horn, whatever the hell his name was. And then, uh, obviously, the main one was Glacier... Who you and I maintain had an awesome entrance, had a pretty cool look. Then that damn bell had to ring. Nobody gave a damn. And if rumor innuendo is to be believed, this is all because of Garrett Bischoff playing Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and Eric Bischoff saw it and was like, "Oh, I can, I can do something with that." It's like, don't, please don't. And people talk crap about Vince McMahon ever doing crap like that. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, well, the one difference with it is like stuff like. Uh, 
uh, Jesse and Festus, like when he did that. Hey, let's make this gimmick based on a novel written back in like the 1950s. <laughs> Jesse's going to kill Festus. Good God. 100 year old spoiler. Sorry for the book. <laughs> I never read the book, but then again, I, I, hey, I don't read, okay? I, I read, reading is uh, not for cool people. There is a movie. It's got Gary Sinise, and it's really good. Yeah, I was actually thinking about uh, watching the movie because I, I like him, and I was like, eh, I'm not going to read it, but uh, you know, thinking about thinking about checking out the movie. It's really good. Of all the books in school, I was forced to read because you know, for class, that was the only one I liked. I was more on the the nerdy side here because, like, uh, I was forced to read uh, an Isaac Asimov like robots series book and. I, don't know, I got into sci-fi from that, but uh, Akira Hokuto and Abol Nakano both worked the Disney tapings on May 8th in Orlando, with each of them losing to Medusa, who was said to have looked rusty, although Hokuto and No, Nakano, no, she looked really good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all, they, uh, they also had a pretty terrific match against each other. Oh, you mean Dave thought that... Uh, that the two Japanese women had a good match against each other? I color me shocked. You also like her body better in WWE? Oh my god. He really said this, folks. I'm not trying to be funny. Was about the Iconics. Oh, no, yeah, about, about the, the Iconics. Icon- yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, and then he just couldn't let it die about constantly talking about uh, Sable's boob job. Like, dude, let it go, man. Like, we get it. She's got a big fake chest. I don't think she's hiding it. You live close up to Hollywood. You should be used to this. Yeah. Well, it's like, dude, you live in the Bay Area. You see weirder crap than this all the time. Like, let nope, it go, a man. Big chest is where he draws a line, dude. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> <sighs> Whatever. But in a weird bit later in the show, Ric Flair came out for a match against Brad Armstrong wearing the WCW World Title Belt. This could either mean that. Flair could be winning the title back. Flair could be making a replica belt as part of an angle in the summer. The match will never air, and none of this means anything. Or the match will air and make no sense. The answer is option three. It never aired. So, that was hella random. Let's workshop, you know, bringing Ric Flair out with no build-up, wearing the WCW belt, and he's facing Brad Armstrong. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but in the summer of 93, they did the same thing with Luger on WWE TV. Wow. Just had him coming out well, wearing the title? Well, what they did was he, he attacked, I think it was Fuji and Cornette, and then took the title. And then Vince mm-hmm. was doing the interviews. Like, We're going to give him a full entrance. And he went to the back. To the back. And then they hit his music. <laughs> the announcer announced him as the WWE champion. He came out with it. Wow. Uh, was it just a gauge like audience? I think so. And honestly, you know, everyone says no one reacts to Luger wasn't over. And we always like, well, you can see the audience on this yeah. moment right here. They were completely dead. Damn. Yeah. That freaking sucks, man. So this must be the one right there where they were talking about the whole summer of 93. It's actually on I YouTube. Love- if you guys want to go see it. As a kid, I liked that all American Luger, whatever, like as an adult, I'm like, eh, it's kind of cheesy. So I don't know. He he didn't have his best matches. Kind of about it. Yeah. And it's like, you could see they were like throwing anything at the wall. They're like, what do we do with Lex Luger? I, man, I don't know. Like, really? You got to drape him in the flag and like beg people to cheer for him. That's so sad. 
They started out by having him body slam the fake Japanese guy. Right. Do you ever uh, you ever see that really famous clip of Jeb Bush where he's like doing a speech and then like the crowd silent and he's like, please clap. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, that's the moment you knew in 2016 his candidacy was like deader than a doornail. Like that's that's all I could think of with this, where it's like, come on, we we draped him in the flag, had him body slam Yokozuna. Please clap. Let's accept it. We got plans here. We can't change them. Yeah, right. Look, uh, we're going to like do an about face to the Canadian guy, but, you know, <laughs> please. <laughs> uh, either way, Eric Bischoff pulled Mean Gene's hotline update off the air this past week. This is because he said that the Scott Hall and Kevin Ash coming in was a done deal. Apparently, Bischoff has some kind of storyline in mind where there's doubt about them coming in. Uh, so it would be a big deal when they do show up. Hmm, wonder where that's going. <laughs> also, WCW might set their all-time gate record for a Legends show in Buffalo on June 7th for, with uh, $120,000 in tickets sold so far. The all-time record is for the Flair Funk Great American Bash pay-per-view at, uh, at $190,000. Also, side note, Uncle Dave said at the time that that was a disappointment. Even if he just meant their pay-per-view numbers, even those were a record that held up for years. But yeah, disappointment. If you're not there within it, and like you know the numbers, how can you call it a disappointment or a success? You know, whatever. Right. Well, well, I mean, there are certain things where it's an obvious flop or an obvious success. But this, like, right here. How did he not know at the time? It hit a record. Oh, well, that's disappointing. Oh, yeah, because when people set records, that's generally, you know, a bad thing. God. But, you know, uh, he still gets to, you know, quote unquote, report to this day and people pay him for it. I, might I add, do not pay him. So if I, I would see never, any of this crap. I wouldn't even give him a, a half-eaten Whopper. For stupid, <laughs> stupid newsletter. Uh, Yeah, I might wipe my butt with it when I'm out of toilet paper, but that's about it. Uh, Last thing for WCW here. Originally, Randy Savage was supposed to be suspended as a part of the angle with Ric Flair, but the house show business has been doing so hot with them on top that they're just going to do a special kind of suspension where he's not allowed to work on TV, but he does all the house shows. So, you know, that's that's a punishment. Hey, no TV time for you. You have to perform Sorry, in was, front of no was this cameras. Legit? Uh, well, not a real suspension. It was a storyline suspension because of what's uh, what's what? going to happen on the show. Oh, okay. oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know, but hey, uh, it's it's uh, time for one of our our favorite times of the week. This week in ECW. Jewish lawyer father. If I may have another volley, sir. Uh, well, and if anybody wonders, was well, that the ECW theme? It just like sped up. Why did you speed it up? Copyright reasons, bro. What the <laughs> hell is that song? I thought you just threw some free music in there. No, it's the ECW theme. It just sped up a few seconds. So sounds like a nineties uh, uh, sitcom opening. Some pretty hardcore music for a sitcom. <laughs> oh, the way, the way it plays is kind of faster. 
Yeah. Well, like I said, I did it for copyright reasons, and thus far, I've never been uh, hit for it. So here you go. Plus, I'm. Like I said, I couldn't even tell, and I've heard a million times. So there's that. Yeah. I like to think I'm smarter than some YouTube algorithm thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, Well, hey, that's that's not a high bar to jump over, man. (laughs) I'm starting to think most people don't not do it, jerk. I'm starting to think that a lot of people are smarter than not just the YouTube algorithm, but the actual YouTube employees that that actually like watch this stuff and still make determinations. But uh, either way, Louis Spicoli it was supposed to work the ECW arena show this week against the Sandman. But apparently he still has heat with the WWF offices because they chose to exercise their option to not let him work any shows outside of the WWF while he's still technically under contract. He was under contract because I saw him on a bunch of superstar shows. I didn't know he was under contract. I thought he was a local jobber. Yeah, I'm wondering. It's like, did he, uh, like, did they release him from his contract or something? Or or not release him, but like. Uh, I don't remember him ever doing anything as Luis Ficoli on TV other than jobbing. So I don't know. Right. Well, he was Rad Radner, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Rad Radford. I forgot about that. Or, or Rad Radford. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, he I'll was take there. You back. Yeah. Was there for like a hot second, like you said, jobber, and then uh, that was it. So I don't know what status he was, but obviously he was still tied to him at this point. But I mean, hey, uh, if they're if they're sending him paychecks and whatever, and he's still technically under contract, I mean, he who pays the piper uh, picks the tune, man. Either way, uh, also on the show, Shane Douglas won the TV title from Too Cold Scorpio in what was described as their best match they've ever had together. But is that really saying much? Uh, oh, how many matches have they had together? I can't even think of any. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, that's a crowded field, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't friggin' know. But Rob Van Dam and Sabu are also doing a deal where they have brutal matches against each other, but refuse to show respect to the other guy or where that's going to go. They were just like tied to each other for years and years, man. One reason or another. Yep. yep. We've got uh, last thing. I, yeah. No, I want to, I, is he still a ref at this time? Or like, what the hell is he doing in 96? He's using anyway. ECW. Yeah. But I know he was a referee in ECW there for a while. He was like the crooked ref kind of thing. I don't remember that. I only remember him as a ref in WWE. Yeah, he was a he was a crooked ref there for a while. Uh and then he uh was in NWA too for a while. I think he was on our wasn't he on our last WCW show that we reviewed or whatever Wrestle War, I think. Uh, he probably way. Yeah. And then he uh he did that for a while where he he did the what eventually became Nick Nick Patrick's gimmick and he was always screwing over the baby faces. And then he wanted to become a manager and got into a feud with uh, Todd Gordon. And then, yeah, then he became the Fonzie that most people remember. So this one kind of made me laugh. The Prime Sports affiliate in Denver has said that ECW will never again air on their station because of viewer complaints. (laughs) In Denver. Yeah, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, pious church going, uh, you know, just... uh, Jewish uh, people in Denver. <laughs> I think they were one of the first states to put on an MMA show, too. Yeah, well, and they were the that. first state to legalize pot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say they're pretty laid back there. Well, uh, whatever. CW is uh, garbage, so there's that. Yeah, right. Uh, 
how how many people were calling up that's like you know this show that's airing in you know on the in the grave hour time slot or, or graveyard time slot whatever it's like uh how how dare you air this damn thing <sighs> either way getting into japan a little bit here originally terry funk had been planning on working the Antonio Inoki World Peace Festival show in a three-way match against Sabu and Brian Pillman. Because when I think of World Peace, I think of Terry Funk. Exactly. And Sabu. Uh, This was so that he could put them both over and then step away from the world of professional wrestling gracefully after endorsing them. (laughs) There you go. Uh, After endorsing them both as the new stars of the sport. Again, because when I think of the next stars of pro wrestling, I think Sabu and Brian Pillman. Not like Brian Pillman, but okay. How many how many torches has this man passed, by the way? Four or five. Right. Uh, however, while Sabu was had had uh, prior commitments, and Pillman uh, got into a or he got horribly injured in a car wreck, so that match is out, and thus Terry Funk will just have to retire without working the show. We're also going to not mention that he's on his way to WWE, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Terry Funk retired. <laughs> well, he's actually about to be in ECW because uh, the barely legals come no, up no, next year. No, no, I was talking about Pillman. Oh, yeah, 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 Pillman. Yeah, that horrible car wreck is actually, if anybody watched his Dark Side of the Ring episode, uh, or episodes, it was a two-parter, he, uh, uh, I, I guess that, that right there is where they, they were about to offer him like the world. And then he got really injured and they cut his pay huge. What kind of suck. They still signed him. They right. signed a man with one leg, essentially. Yeah. And it was the right one. And, this he, time. and he really never was the same after. But seriously, off the top of my head, I can remember three matches he had in WWE. Yeah. And they weren't great. I think of a fourth that was going to happen before he passed away. But Right. If he if he was the same guy like doing the same style as an EC or WCW and he didn't hurt himself, that would have been a good pickup. He might have but, been a huge megastar, right? But it's in that wreck, man, and he's ruined everything. Friggin' sucks, man. Feel gotta feel bad for him with that. But uh, last thing I got here from Japan, <laughs> man, this is. This is a big signing. Are are you ready? (laughs) Hold on. Hold on to your boots for this one. Ron Reese has moved to Japan and is. Hell yes. And is living at the the new Japan dojo (laughs) training full time there so that new Japan can create their own version of the giant. In a huge understatement, Uncle Dave notes that those who know him. Uh, don't give this project much of a chance of success. Uh, because you know, those who know him have a brain. And they've seen him wrestle. And drive him. Th- <laughs> right. Uh, no, yeah, the archives, seen, by the way. They've seen him uh, futt-buck Hulk Hogan in the middle of the <laughs> ring. <laughs> on pay-per-view. While dressed like a mummy. And calling after, himself a yeti. After Hulk Hogan just killed a man. <laughs> Exactly. Who came back from the dead? This is all from real, the by the way. What I got to de- preface that. <laughs> they DP'd Hulk Hogan. So, yeah, he so was DP'd just, by a, a Yete who was looked like a mummy and yeah, a guy he just killed. You can't make this up. You cannot well, make this up. Well, he was DP'd by a man wrapped in TP. 
So there you go. It and I believe sucked, the time is the first that wrestler to lose his title via DQ. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. There's just so much wrong with this. And I have to say it one more time. <laughs> this is real. Yep. Well, you're making a damn thing up here. They, Halloween Havoc, the thing 1995. Is, Go watch it. Not sure if racist or not, but I would say he went to New Japan and they didn't even keep the Super Ninja gimmick. Wouldn't that have that's worked? Not racist. That's uh, that's smart. Yeah, I mean, that, well, that's knowing your audience, Greg. <laughs> yeah, well, over Japan, they like Bob Sapp, and uh, they don't know that, their audience doesn't know anything. So, yeah. Ah, uh, man. Not everyone that Japan likes sucks. Obviously, there are some big stars that were great, but then you get ones like, why the hell do they like Bob Sapp? And uh, why the hell was Scott Norton a huge star? He didn't hey, suck. Scott Norton like, could go, at least. At least that that may be the least of all the weird ones. Right. Uh, and I'm trying to think of some other ones. Oh, uh, why the hell was Masahiro Chono like a top dude that everybody wait, freaking wait, worshipped? I'm not saying it, because he's nobody's hero. Masa, my uh, hero, Shono. You know who else they loved over there, I think, was uh, that, that tall dude from the oddities. Um, Silva, right? Giant Silva? Uh, yeah, Giant Silva. Yeah, I can't think what the hell his name is. Yeah, that sounds right. Did, did they, I know he was over there. Did they like him? He was in a bunch of matches and, and a bunch of fights for Pride, so Gosh. I just assumed he was something because they kept putting him on TV. Either way, uh, and I can't criticize the goofy crap that they do over there in wrestling because we have GCW and alike. So uh, those who live in glass houses, I guess. <laughs> but their worst the w- wrestler is still better than Nick Gage, though. I'll, I'll stand by that. Oh yeah, name anybody. Like that's a bold uh, statement. I think <laughs> I have made it clear. Bank addicted I've- drug robber. <laughs> uh, I have made it clear. I'm not a fan of Toro Yano. But, he, like, I would watch him all day over Fook is that? having this. Uh, I don't know if you remember him from New Japan, uh, the uh, the uh, Wrestle Kingdom shows. He he wears, like, almost like capri tights, whatever. And he's always doing, he, like, shrugs a lot. He's kind of a comedy character. He, like, pulls the um, uh, that padding in the corner. He always unties that and hits people with it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, pr- the producer. But, yeah. He's a he's a joke, but I would watch his matches all day over having to sit through one Nick Gage match. You know, uh, <sighs> this past WrestleMania in New Japan, I think it's New Japan, and GCW kind of crossed over. Did they? It depends on where Maki Ito is. Oh God! Yeah, it was her and Nick Gage, and I think they had a few with Matt Cardona and Steph Delander. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a, that's a pair. Yeah. Shut up and take my money. Maki Ito singing to the crowd MDK all day is something you need to see. <laughs> Look, I not a popular. Because it was on the Cardona blog, by the way. I didn't seek this crap out. I mean, I guess I kind of did, but not that specifically. <laughs> not a popular opinion with, with uh, the internets, but Maki Ito sucks. Like, she's just a joke. And it's not that she's, like, offensively bad in the ring. I just, like, her whole gimmick is that she's little and cute, and she swears a lot. And she's, like, a failed pop singer. And then she apparently has an incredibly hard head because she does a headbutt a lot. Right. Okay. Like, dude, that gimmick has been 
used and abused, and you are a little girl. Like you do not, you're not going to knock people out with your head. A few months back, I messaged you, Mike. I was like, oh, that's singing Japanese girls back in uh, AW. You said, oh my God, Maki fucking Ito. So I guess I didn't catch your name. (laughs) Sad that I knew exactly who you were talking about. I don't know why, but that message made me laugh so hard. (laughs) It's probably because you just said who she was like. Why do you know yeah. this? <laughs> she was such a damn joke. WWE or WWE. Uh, AEW has never gotten. They act like, oh, look at these Japanese uh, female wrestlers that we got. That's so awesome, right? It's like, not those ones. You have what Hikaru Shida. That's it. Yeah, Hikaru Shida. I will say this. I don't hate Riho. She's okay. She should never have been their first champion. And she's not like a top woman wrestler or whatever. But I don't think she's Oh, she's bad. friends with a finger bang. Right. But yeah, I don't think she's bad. Like, she's one of the better ones that they have. But yeah, she does really great. And then you got the rest. Like, who gives a crap? Like, why? I'm going to get... Kenny Omega, and his sex voice says, Tony Khan, you got to sign these women. <sighs> hey, boss. Uh, you want me to oil their pecs? <laughs> 69 me, don't he? Anyway. Hey, boss. I get all your pecs. I can set up a mirror behind the cook for you. Good God. Too much? Allegedly. <laughs> hey, to anyway. be very fair, nobody's ever alleged that. It's just something that people think. Yeah, well, look at his eyes, man. Yeah, it's hard to deny that. Especially that that, that part about the when he was the third pay-per-view last Memorial Day. I'm not going to effing take this stuff. His eyes lit up, and he's like looking around, <laughs> and he's looking for someone to kill. Hard to deny Yeah. Like, dude, chill the F out, man. Uh, he just established his own coke. You can't just chill out on that stuff. Yeah, right. <sighs> but anyway, to the WWF, speaking of Kenny Omega, where a Hamilton, Ontario house show did a giant oh. gate of $188,471 Canadian, which equals about $100 American. I kid. Was Jacques Rougeau on the show? Now, yeah, well, yeah, he would have drew the house. Uh, but that was from 11515 paid, featuring an Ultimate Warrior versus Vader main event with no buildup. Warrior pinned Vader in every house show match around the horn. Okay. In what I like those two guys, but that has to be a piece of crap match in 1996. You think? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Uncle Dave says they're all described as terrible matches. I, Dude, you don't need a report for that one, man. <laughs> Congratulations, Dave. We found one thing I'll believe you on. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Ultimate Warrior said when he had to get in the ring with Vader? He's fat! <laughs> Just a guess. <laughs> Just a guess. That's really unfair because anyway. Warriors look like freaking like a uh, Greek god. Did you ever hear stories about when, uh, Ultimate, uh, uh, when Ultimate Warrior was at his gym that he ran? Apparently, if he didn't like you for whatever reason, you just didn't like the cut of your jib. He'd come out and he'd just like yell at you in front of everybody and kick you out of his gym. Like, wow. yeah. I, look, I will set this up by saying allegedly, but I have heard this from people who like frequented his gym until this became like a, a, a regular occurrence. And then they were like, yeah, I'm going to find a new gym to go to. So I don't know this one, this story in 1996 shocked the hell out of me, but well, that's man, not a good setup. 
it's it's not bad. It's just like the timing of it. It's like really. But Vince McMahon is trying out a new Samoan team of Sammy Slick, the former Samu, and Night Train, who is Matt Anawaii, aka the future Rosie, aka Roman Reigns' older brother, unfortunately now passed away. And they will be called the Gangsters in Paradise. Yeah, Gangsters yeah, in dude, Paradise. Yeah, dude, how old was Rosie? He was freaking competing in 2005. Right. He was that old. Well, I have a Jacks figure up, by the way. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Gangsters in Paradise. You know, I, I'm sure that would have went over like you know great with Coolio's lawyers. <laughs> but <laughs> they put over the smoking gun. We're not going to get the song because, as Cornette said, we don't pay for music, pal. Yeah. Well, he there's said, that. Literally said this to him. Well, there's that plus the fact that I, I guess, uh, I don't know if Coolio just didn't like being made like uh, didn't uh, like being made a joke of or whatever in in his mind or whatever because I, I know there was a big dispute over. When uh, Weird Al did uh, Amish Paradise, and that was story, Coo- like he legit wanted to kill him, so yeah, and he he actually sued him over it. But you cannot be sued over a parody like that is fair use. But and yeah. I'm going to point out again. I think I've already said this on the show. Parody, while funny, and I do laugh at it. At the end of the day, is lazy. Hey, how dare you? Weird Al made a career off of that. <laughs> Not knocking him for it. I'm just simply saying it's lazy. Can't be original. It is a bit lazy. But I will but, not uh, BWO because that was stupid. Well, his parody, it, it, I will say that I was a huge Weird Al fan as a kid. A lot of his parodies were pretty funny and uh, and like pretty original, some of them. I was like, oh, okay. There were some of them that was like, okay, yeah, I mean, that was super easy to come up with. But I don't know. Uh, also, just to wrap this one up here, they put over the smoking guns all weekend on house shows. Uh, no footage of this exists. And obviously this uh, did not show happen. me the person who wants the footage to exist. Uh, I kind of want to see it. Cause I'm like, oh, young Rosie. Hey, we found him. Yeah, there you go. I like the obscure footage stuff. So I don't know. Speaking of obscure, I forgot to post. I'll put it on the Instagram soon. You know what I found this weekend? What? Baruch Assad. Didn't think I would ever get that big. Damn. Like in his, uh, in his blue. Like, yeah. Thing. Yep. What what the hell was that? Is uh Gladiator, whatever the hell. I think it was a gladiator, yeah. But, yeah. So and I like because, the obscure things, that's why I have the goon. The obscure ones always do it for me. I don't know why. He looked more like uh like an American gladiator, not like a you know, an old school gladiator. <laughs> like I could see that outfit fitting in on American gladiators for real. Like that only <sighs> still messes it up. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh this one. The 123 Kid isn't expected to return until June. To be fair, Uncle Dave didn't specify June of what year. Hmm. <laughs> well. Yeah, well, hey, hey, like I said, he never specified, you know, June of what year. Okay. So <laughs> he'll be back in did, about. Did he, did he specify WWE, by the way? Although I don't think he'd be returning. Uh, I don't think he's WCW, to be fair. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he specified that either because, I mean, he, he would show up somewhere. Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, be WWF. He's done there. Donezo, pal. <sighs> God. You would never, this. ever again see the one, two, three kid. And that's a fact. Ever. Yeah, I, ha- I have both Mattel and Jax figures of the one, two, three kid. A couple of Mattels of him. The Mattel figure I have of the one, two, three kid is his like classic, like with a lightning bolt on it. The Jax yeah, I got one that I- one too. And I have the one from the Raw three set. Ah, oh, nice. 
the the one that I got from Jax is the the white, black, and gold colored one. I wanted that one. That one is that one, is that the one with the rip off Harley Davidson logo on the chest? Uh, I don't remember for sure off the top of my head. It's been a while since I saw the figure. I just remember I just uh, remember the color scheme. But it's a pretty sweet figure. I also have uh, both Mattel and Jack's figures of X Pac too. So got them all. Just gonna only make I... a statement here. One of the most underrated, underrated wrestlers of all time, right there. Oh, dude, I freaking loved him as a kid, and. I think this is an unpopular opinion because most people go right to his uh, black and green outfit. But my favorite X-Pac attire was his first one, the red. I don't know why. I thought it was awesome. I'm going to go with most people. I like the green. I also like, I don't know, I like the, uh, the, the orange one, too. That one was cool. And, the, and when he started wearing purple, I, thought, I don't know. But Always remember, he dropped the first pipe bomb in wrestling history. Yeah, right. For DX. But you'll have to tell me if you remember this one, man, because yikes. Uh, Probably, I you know, of, I usually do. Yeah, I slightly remember this. The Goldust Undertaker thigh licking angle was toned way down for television. What angle? Where Goldust licked up Undertaker's thigh in the middle of the ring. All right. Well, I stand correct. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So Undertaker was. For Thank people you, that don't God. Know, I don't want to remember that. <laughs> I think it happened on Raw. Uh, Undertaker was down. He was going to do his sit up, whatever. But before he did, this was going down. Basically, uh, Goldust went down and started licking up his thigh and Undertaker (sighs) shot up. And apparently he didn't realize what Goldust was doing at first. And when he did, he shot up and was like, what the F? He was married to an amazing looking woman, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just. Yeah, no, there's anything wrong with that. It's just like, what the hell? Why is this on TV? Dude, all of this went like way over the line. You remember, uh, I think one of our shows now in the archives, Gold Dust threatened to come out in the crowd and stuff his tongue down all their throats if they don't shut <laughs> up. <laughs> and uh, we pointed out there were children in that audience. So, the, uh, uh, yeah. The famous CPR Ahmed Johnson. My God. Yeah, that was. Uh... I get pushing oh, the envelope, but dude, come on, that's a little much. Bro, sexual assault, bro. Abuse him, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, he's going to sexually abuse him, bro. (laughs) Good Lord. With his wiener. His tiny wanger. (laughs) You you saw his wife. I don't think that was tiny. But anyway. uh, No, it wasn't her chest. That is correct. Yeah. You already talked. You got to see his chest. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, the WWF signed a batch of guys, including Tom Brandy, Tracy Smothers, Alex Porto, Tony Anthony, and Bill Irwin. The idea Bill is that <laughs> you just brought up the goon earlier. <laughs> the idea is that they're only going to be used on TV to put guys over, but first they'll get wacky new gimmicks and score a couple of wins over no-name jobbers to make them seem like pushed guys. That way, they can have bigger matches on Raw that aren't perceived as squashes without actually giving away anything meaningful. Tom <clears throat> Brandy? Well, I mean, that, that they do kind of do that, and I don't think it really worked, but uh, Tom Brandy would become Sal Sincere, Tracy Smothers would become Freddie Joe Floyd, Alex Porto becomes The Pug, Tony Anthony becomes T.L. Hopper, and Bill Irwin will become The Goon. <laughs> There's a motley crew for you. <laughs> yeah. 
Dude, go. I don't know if uh, do you ever listen to Grill and Jr. at all? Not really. Okay, well, there was an episode he Eric did. Bischoff and, and Pritchard only, and and Cornette for the most part. Those are my three wrestling ones. Ah, okay. Well, uh, the this one episode of Grill and Jr. And I'm not going to tell you what one it is now, but it had to have been from around this time, so people can go look at his archives. But uh, Conrad brought this story up, and freaking Jr. just hated this. He was like, yeah, let's sign a bunch of like pretty talented guys that we know we're not going to do anything with. Give them stupid ass gimmicks so nobody takes them seriously and then drill them into the ground. Well, other than the stupid gimmick part, which is something they haven't done yet. It's AEW in a nutshell. They yeah. have to really do any stupid gimmicks to give Tony credit, Tony Khan some credit. Yeah. So, where's that? I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say this is a totally bad idea. Like, I mean, the gimmicks are dumb, but like, if you're going to bring in I, Tracy Smothers, people kind of like know who idea, he is. I like the idea of having jobbers on TV who are at, like some kind of name value. It's not just the Joe Smith from down the street. So you're bringing up Ali? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. come on. That's what he is. He's got pictures of somebody, huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. See, in AEW, we know Daniel Garcia has pictures of Tony Khan. Now, WWE he could be. Triple H, Pritchard, Missing Man himself, Stephanie. Somebody's got hey, pictures. He's got pictures of somebody. It's got to be somebody minor because he keeps a keeps getting a paycheck, but he is a gigantic jobber. So, <laughs> well, he won last go. night as of this recording. Oh, because well, they were then, in Chicago. Okay. Made sure to and I'm that sure moment. Chicago didn't give a damn. <laughs> How dare you? His family cared. <laughs> I don't want to pat myself on the back, but do you remember when we were in that arena when Ali came out in the Survivor Series? Uh, I think and so. I used that, old, used that old rock line. Like, hey, he's carrying a Chicago flag. That's where we're from. <laughs> like, everybody <laughs> in our room like, laughing their ass off. <laughs> we live here. Oh. Yep. Dude, they do that all the time. Like, you remember when uh, at Super Showdown, the very first one in Australia, where yeah. uh, freaking yeah. Murphy, Murphy came out Wearing Australian and, colors, but he got wearing, a godlike reaction. Though, to be fair, oh yeah, he was. He had the Australian colors on Pope his shorts. Vatican, huge. He carrying was, the Australian flag. Oh yeah, that crowd just like I, they had to clean the floors after that. And then when he won, good grief! Oh, I know. For anybody that doesn't know, Murphy is uh, what the hell is his name now? I forget. I think it's Buddy. Uh, of both of the names, you keep his Buddy, buddy Matthews. Is it Buddy Matthews? I think it is Buddy Matthews, yeah. Yeah, I don't freaking remember. Freaking, uh, Super talented, but... I Maybe. like... But that I, might be I've always liked him. What I, not to go back to what I just said, but if there was a bad gimmick Tony Khan's done, it's putting him in the House of Black, because there was nothing gothic about that fool at all. I, I think he kind of, like... I, I don't know. He sort of fits in with the, the team, just because it, like, it seems like they're all genuinely friends, which... Oh, I have I no know. doubt, but like the other guys are like covered in ink. I don't think he has right. a single tattoo. No, I mean he. Yeah, he is definitely the odd man out. But I, feel I don't like they, really. I don't hate that group. I actually kind of like them. So I feel that they Oddly. managed them poorly. But yeah, yeah, there's that. But what's, his name, uh, what's his name? Malachi? Is it Malachi? Black? Yeah, I think he's yeah. damn good. Oh yeah, he's way better than his uh, his pushes would have you believe. And Brody King isn't bad. I mean, he's not I great all the way. Alive. <laughs> right, uh, and you know they're into some all weird stuff. All three of my life. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh man, and uh, I wouldn't want to mess with any of them. 
Well, Zelina, I mean, what's she going to do? I don't know. Mexican women can be pretty brutal, so. Or yeah, but, Latin women. I don't think she's Mexican. Puerto Rican, right? Uh, that one I don't know. I mean, look at the size of her, man. You, like, like put your put your hand on her forehead and, like, hold her back. I do think it's funny that Rhea is bigger than Buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's a little That odd. man never gets out of line, I'll tell you. Yeah, right. Like, some women think that's really weird or whatever. It's like, whatever. Like, I would climb yes. that tree all day. Your wife being one. I think yeah. you told me that. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. Apparently, that's a thing. Like, some women are weirded out by that. But I mean, like, Rhea you know, is very tall. So God made me? Yeah. Well, who cares about your personality? It's about your height. All right? <laughs> well, Man, I'm good Swaggle would, Swaggle would have never got married if that was an issue. <laughs> or uh, bred kids. Yeah, right. Uh, last story I got here, speaking of losers, Dwayne Johnson and Barry Buchanan are both being sent to Memphis by the WWF so Barry they can gain ex- is this so they can, It is. <laughs> so they can gain experience and learn to work. As we know, Dwayne Johnson would just go to Memphis, never be heard from again. Oh, that loser. And then I think he's making movies now or something. Like, who cares? And then Barry Buchanan obviously would want to be a huge yeah, Barry Buchanan obviously went on to be a huge star. I mean, like, such a big star that his son is currently in WWE. Dude, he was in the Truth Commission. Hell yeah. The hell was his name in, in the Truth Commission? Was it just Buchanan? Was it, was it Recon, I think? Oh. <laughs> was it? I think it was Recon. Or Sniper, or Striker. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. They all had weird names. Wasn't one of them uh, Cobra or some crap? Uh, I don't well, freaking know. I don't. I don't want to spend any more time on this. Sorry. There was the Commandant, Kurgan the Interrogator, Recon was very. Apparently, Buchanan. this is all Bret Hart's idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, so he was Recon. Sniper was some guy named Luke Poirier, whatever. And then uh, that's uh, yeah, that's Sniper. Then Tank was Mantar, <laughs> Mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they repackaged Mantar. Hell yeah. Yeah, we just can't get away from the losers. Oh, he's not getting his head in that ring, bro. Didn't you say his son kind of sucks, too? He's in, a, he's in like a generic... Uh, the white like a, team? Like a white... Almost like a white trash team, in a way. Not totally a trailer, but... Is he, is he the one that's uh, that's obsessed with the Hispanic chick, or is he the one that... The other one? Oh, that's him, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know if she's Hispanic. She may be. I don't know what she is, but... He looks nothing like his dad. At yeah. least not. And then me. when you look at Von Wagner, you can kind of see Bloom in it a little bit. You have to really yeah, look so, up. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay. You kind of look like your dad, maybe a bit bigger. Um, well, fraction of the talent. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> not like his dad was Ric Flair or something, but like, dude, you suck. <laughs> your dad was not bad. Ugh, either way. But that does it for the news you ready to get into this show very long show i am i am yeah well we're gonna take our next break on the other end of this diving into the pay-per-view follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on twitter at main event underscore marks and on instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector hey gang it's commissioner cooper of tss fantasy we are the fantasy show of the people Expert fantasy advice, free contests, 
leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the BellyUp Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. It's WCW Slam 1996. The date. Yep. May, May 19th. Say so what? So, yep, this is that pay per view. Yeah. Uh, what, what's, what's the date on it? May 19th, 1996. Don't say that day. <laughs> Good God. The the tagline, I feel like this has been a tagline for multiple WCW shows. Or I don't know, I had deja vu. Well, the tagline was, what goes up must come down, dot, 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 hard. Right. Is that uh, their, is that their out, out look on their buy rate or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the venue was the Riverside Centroplex in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh, man, how many people go there daily? <laughs> yeah. yeah, New Orleans, we're going to Baton Rouge. You know, you, I don't know if you're joking, but that would be the second choice. Well, yeah, that's my point. It's like, it's the second choice. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. they were always in the other place. But the attendance was 7,791 and a buy rate of 0.44. So it was fine, I guess. How many people fit in the building, does it say? Uh, it fits 10,400 people in there for concerts, uh, for sporting events, 8,900. So, uh, so it's close to a sellout. Yeah, it, it's close. It's, I mean, they, they probably didn't pay for that much. But, or, uh, well, actually, they, yeah, I was told. Yeah. Or they, they might have just set it up to only fit that many seats in. So I don't know. We start off with a bunch of pyro being lit off in the arena before going to Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Dusty Rhodes in a big-ass, bright red leather coat. All that pyro, I thought Cody was coming out. <laughs> right. Oh, man. But that uh, was a big cow that had to die for that jacket, I'm just saying. Anyway. Uh, or multiple first, small ones, you don't know. Oh, Too well, much? Yeah, that's, that is, that's true. Or That is correct. I'm oh, sorry, but that this, jacket was ugly as sin, man. Yeah, right. It's like, dude, why are you wearing a red jacket? Like, 
They see bright ass red leather, and you're like, "Oh, baby, I gotta buy that and wear it on TV." That's, that's gonna look, really make me this pop. Is a, it's kind of it wasn't necessarily obese, but close to it. You should be wearing, that's not really your color when you're that big, dude. Yeah, you look like the Kool Aid Man coming <laughs> into the room. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, he bursts through the wall like his uh, like his brother-in-law there. I think that was Uncle Fred. <laughs> <laughs> the first match is Battle Bowl Round One. Oh yeah, it's Road Warrior Animal and Booker T taking on the team of Road Warrior Hawk and Lex Luger. Not Stevie Ray. That might have given it away too much, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> it was about seven minutes. So this Battle Bowl nonsense just makes for a pay per view full of awkward matches, and I hate it. To be fair, break- that's the point. Yeah, but why would you sell a pay-per-view as like, hey, you want to see I'm some weird crap? I'm not defending it. I'm <laughs> saying that's the point. Yeah. Like, who who came up with this crap? I was like, let's keep it up. Or a cool sweat. Did this ever... Kind of vision. Bad guys, is, good guys. Good God. My thing is, did this ever draw ever? I'm going to say no. I, I don't know. You're the one usually looking up the numbers for us, so that's up to you to tell me. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, when I sit here and crunch the numbers, yeah. But either way, this all breaks down at one point, and everyone starts fighting. The ref ends up ending it all with a double countout. <laughs> Morons. What I want to do after watching this show. Oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> I about ended it all right here in my chair. I think I closed uh, our last show by telling you I don't believe in suicide, but this show made me want to do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, Uncle Dave gave this a whole quarter of a star. Gave it a star and a half because it had some talent in it. What say you? I gave it one. Yeah, this is. Uh... I'm sitting there watching it. And I'm like, oh, because I I'd forgotten all about this pay per view. Honestly, this is one of the few times where it's a '90s pay per view that I can't remember. I'm like, oh my god, the whole card's gonna be like this, isn't it? It's not good. Yeah, <laughs> that's not good when you don't remember it. Like, <laughs> I, I I'm generally good to remember at least you know the the meat and potatoes of every pay per view. I'm not gonna say I remember everything, but. I couldn't remember a right. damn thing about this. And I'm already... And, and there's a reason. Uh, well, you want to... Well, you, you want something to bring you back into it, Greg. Up next, we got the public enemy of <laughs> Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. And they're taking on the team because, you know, this wasn't done on purpose. This is luck of the draw. They're taking on this is the, the, one task, the Taskmaster and Chris Benoit. Total happenstance. Uh, this is also Battle Bowl round one. It went four minutes, 44 seconds. Of course, Kevin Sullivan gets laid on a table outside of the ring at one point. Rocco goes to jump on him, but Benoit stops him. Later, Benoit gets laid on a table, and his partner, Kevin Sullivan, holds him down while Rocco front flips over the top rope for some reason into Johnny Grunge, and they both land on Benoit and put him through the table. <sighs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't. I guess preface it again. Not talking about the human beings, but man, public enemy sucked. How dare you? I, I, hmm, I, I don't even know what to say to you right now. I'm just. I'm at a loss for words. Uh, but Sullivan was no good, great wrestler either. So Ben will have to carry all of this whole match. But what we can say about the public enemy is fat. Anyway, Rocco. Potty daddy. They likes the potty. At the all you can eat buffet. Uh, Rocco pins Benoit to win. Yay. Uncle Dave gave this 
one and three quarter stars. I give it an even two. What say you? I gave it one. <laughs> How did I guess? But up next, man, it gets better. I mean, I'm not really joking. This next match is better. Oh, it but... does get better, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this one may get a little bit of a higher one for me. Right. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> this one isn't, you know, it's not like they had a high bar to jump over here, but we get <laughs> Sergeant Craig Pittman with Teddy Long in his corner. Uh, and oh, he's, oh, teaming oh. Up, he's teaming up with Scott Steiner, and they're taking on the Booty Man <sighs> with the Booty Babe. And he's teaming up. She with was. Cool. <laughs> and well, and what I noticed, Greg, is that it was seemed awfully cold in that arena. But either way, uh, the Booty Man is teaming with Rick Steiner. Was it cold again. in my house? I was watching that. Wow! Uh, again, this was just luck of the draw. The Steiners are facing each other on opposite sides of the ring. You know, just happenstance, man. But this was another battle bowl round one. It went uh, for about eight and a half minutes. Tell me, they pull these names out of the hat too. <laughs> well, I love how Booty Man is wearing Hulk Hogan's colors, showing uh, showing everyone who owns his booty. Uh, this one did on one of our favorites, reminding us that the star is you know the guy whose bags he holds. Yeah, right. <laughs> the booty fucking man. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, this one didn't get good until the Steiners both got in the ring and faced each other. No! I say. <laughs> yeah, Sergeant Craig Pittman and the Booty Man didn't put on a, a clinic. Oh. But in the, in the end... Leave it to the Wolverines to bail everyone out. Huh? Go blue. I thought it was going to suck when they got in the ring, personally. Like, I'm not even going to say it. But anyway, uh, in the end, Pittman has Booty Man in the code red when Booty Man blind tags Rick Steiner. Steiner comes in, it's a German suplex on Sergeant Pittman, and it gets the pin. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. Let's say you. I gave it two. It was, it was fun, a little bit uh, better. Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. This is the best match of the night so far. <laughs> yeah. Again, not a crowded field there. Well. Uh, we'll stay know, cotton. <laughs> hey, that's, uh, we're, we're at a high right now. How can it get worse? You'll see. It can't, right? It can't. It can't. There's oh, no way in hell. Can. And I'll tell you how. Up next, it's the Blue Bloods of Lord Stephen Regal and Squire Dave Taylor with Jeeves in their corner. Who uh, they, who was it? Uh, I think Dusty Rhodes Jeeves? called him. I used to ask him a lot of questions in high school. Yeah, right. Uh, anybody knows what the hell ask, ask Jeeves is? That was the original Google. But, I think uh, it became ask.com and then just got uh, absorbed. Yeah, right. What the hell was uh, Bill Dundee? That was it. I think it was, this was, uh, I think, was this Bill Dundee? I, I don't know. It. Was it? Man, now I got to look it up. I know he played somebody. Bill Dundee, he was he was in the Blue Bloods. I don't know if he was Jeeves. He was, oh, no. He might he have was, been um, the other one. Squire yeah, William. Yeah. yeah, he was Squire William. I have no idea who the hell Jeeves was. Just some dude. Throw a white guy in a powder wig, bro. What a Bobby Eaton's drinking buddies. Yeah, right. Uh, but 
yeah, again, luck of the draw. The Blue Bloods just happened to uh, get teamed up here. They're taking on, you know, you asked how it could get worse. Hacksaw Jim Duggan and <laughs> VK Wall Street. Yep. Again, Battle Bowl, round one. This one went for three minutes, 46 seconds. Go figure. The odd couple team has issues again mid-match. But this is stupid-ass WCW. So Jim Duggan oh. ends up wrapping his fist up. A couple of things here, real quick. I got to say, Go Russo's nowhere near the show. <laughs> wow. Second time this month you've had to reiterate that. But uh, some is this bad. You have to feel like people are smelling Vince Russo. <laughs> well, Jim Duggan wraps his fist up, knocks Dave Taylor out and wins. Remember when that was his gimmick for a while? Now his gimmick is kicking cancer's ass. You can't fake that. That's his best gimmick so far. But it's three times Uncle now, Dave, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, guess what Uncle Dave gave this? Uh, two, uh, three and a quarter. He actually gave it a whole dud. And <laughs> I gave it a star and a half. What do you give it? I gave it one. I still think you went too high. Yeah. Uh, how come it was VK Wall Street, not VK something with an M? That I don't know. I know he was Mr. Wall Street, and then they changed it to VK Wall Street. And I don't think uh, Vince McMahon even knew that he was doing this gimmick, to be honest with you. No, I doubt it. I bet you someone caught it in passing and told him. Like, hey, Vince, did you know IRS works for uh, WCW now? Ha, what? God dang it. He still wrestles. <laughs> Shouldn't have let fired away. Yeah. I got to say, I beat the IRS twice. <laughs> and the federal government. <laughs> But up next, it is Dirty Dick Slater with Colonel right, Robert I'm Parker. I'm proud of you. Usually you miss that. You got it twice in the show. And he's teaming up with Earl, Earl Robert Eaton with Jeeves. The Earl so we got the, Yeah, so we got the, uh, the, the third blue blood in here. They're taking on Alex Wright and the Disco Inferno battle Bowl round one match that went just shy of three minutes. You see, this is just an early foreshadowing match. So yeah, right. Uh, I was personally upset that they made Bobby Eaton cut off his beautiful mullet. Like, how do you do that to a guy? Such a piece of shit. Why would you do that? <laughs> Me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, I also want to point out, by the way, WWE gets a lot of flack for making guys do something like outside of their uh, ethnicity, like Muhammad Hassan, Yokozuna. But, you know, it's not like WCW right. avoided it. Look at Bob Eaton here. The, well, they, the Alabama boy is from, is from England all of a sudden? Well, they took the whitest kind of the, the <laughs> whitest American they could find, and they made him a different kind of white. That's fair. But, so I saw who was in this match, by the way, and I just knew it was going to be a damn barn burner. Uh, I don't know if you're joking, but, but Bob Eaton in any match is usually not bad, so. Yeah, but look at his partner. Yeah. But. Uh, and I'm sure I'm going to get like the Dick Slater fan pissed off at me, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like that uh, guy, I was a huge Javon Eric's fan was wanted to come and cash at you at your own home. <laughs> yeah. Right. How dare you not know the exact way that all of them died? You a-hole. Hey, F off, dude. I can see the point in him doing that. If we were laughing at it, but we were not laughing at anything. So, right. We were literally just reporting stuff, but whatever. 
outside of the ring, by the way, Jeeves hands Parker a fresh stogie, and Parker pats him on the head like, good boy. <laughs> uh, now, personally, I refer to Slater as Unclean Richard Slater. Gotta please the, the sensors, bro. Yeah, right. Uh, honestly, I think that they should have ran with Wright and Disco as a full-time team because both of them were talented. Uh, their gimmicks matched up. Hey, 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 have a little patience, all right? Yeah, I don't think they lasted very long. Did they? I mean, they lasted about a year or so. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think they, it, they, they lasted long enough to add Tokyo Magnum, so. Right. I think if they would have actually, like, obviously, like, ha-ha, it's the dancing, goofy guys, but both of them were really talented. They looked like athletes i think they could have done something with them but they know. both got some i know you're probably gonna laugh at this but they both got a pretty decent tv title run so yeah hey that you know it kind of meant something it did but, when they tried right but in the end parker distracts a referee so that slater can pull off his cowboy boot and crack disco inferno in the back of the head with it i just said that that's a real sentence he then pins him to win Uncle Dave gave this negative quarter of a star. <laughs> I gave it a star and a half. How did you even get that? Hell if I know. I gave it a star and a half. Let's see you. One sucked. <laughs> How dare you? <sighs> well, should I play it again? Should just save that for the end of the show as a whole, dude. Yeah. Spoilers. Well, it's coming. <laughs> But up next, it is Diamond Dallas Page and the Barbarian taking on, trash. taking on Hugh Morris and Meng. Again, total luck of the draw that Barbarian and Meng just so happen to be in the same match, but on the opposite sides. But Hugh Morris, not, uh, aren't they all the Dungeon of Doom at this moment? Yeah, he's still in, in the Dungeon of Doom. You could tell because he's still coming out to their music. I'm like, uh, this is a, it's a cool Kevin Nash when they had to compete with this. Cause this thing was on fire. Well, that's why him and, uh, <laughs> that's why him and Hall left and went to WCW. Cause they were like, might as well get in on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. They wouldn't even let him in the dungeon of doom. They had to make, make a little group that didn't work. Never panned out. Yeah. Right. This goes for five minutes, 15 seconds. We've seen a million meaningless, awkward matches thus far. And we're not done. This is when I was starting to really want to hit my head against the wall. I want to DDP, point out it took you this long to want to bang your head. Yeah. You're, I, you're I stronger like, than I am. I'll admit that. I was like, I'll hold in there. But DDP is still decked out in loud colors and stupid gimmicks. In the end, Mang sidekicks DDP and Barbarian big boots Hugh Morris. They both end up pinning their opponents, but DDP puts his boot on the ropes and Barbarian gets the pinfall victory over Hugh Morris. In case Uncle you didn't Dave. know, Dusty Rose will tell you a million times, that's how Battle Bowl works. They're all partners fight each other. Yeah. That's, uh, will you know, tell you that's, times. that's what everybody has always wanted to see. Partners fighting, bro. Oh, man. This, I think Vince we just Russo, picked up on his logic. Vince Russo must have touched himself to Battle Bowl, dude. <laughs> but, uh, bro, one way, guy's going to go down. It's going to be one on two. The one's going to win, bro. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I gave it an even dose. What say you? Gave it one. I thought it was okay for what it was, but eh. These, especially these early matches were just trash. Uh, speaking of which, up next, we have 
Big Bubba and Stevie Ray. Big Bubba, by the way, they kept going on about, oh, he changed his look. Yeah, now he looks like a biker, and for some reason, he's in the Dungeon of Doom. Yep. I will say, with a name like Big Bubba, yeah, I could buy it that you're a biker, whatever. But Dungeon of Doom, really? I am Dungeon of Doom, Vato. Yeah, within less than a year, he's going to be in the NWO, Vato. Because, you know, that makes sense. God. Why do you keep saying stuff like sarcastically? Oh, I don't know. It would. I will say this. It would have made sense if the gimmick that they were actually pushing was we're WWF guys coming in to F stuff up. Yeah, I think like, that's exactly what um, AEW is doing right now with the outcasts. Just making sure oh, you yeah. know they're not because they keep referring to all their opponents as TNA. Uh, uh, as, they, as, not calling them, not originals. What's the word? You mean AEW? Yeah, AEW. A- uh, AEW homegrowns or yeah, whatever. homegrown. Yeah. They keep saying that. So I think that's what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I just know they go around spray painting people with green spray paint. And I'm like, are you trying to be the female DX? Bro, we're going to take the gimmicks of DX and NWO and make them suck, bro. But and I mean, that literally boobs, <laughs> <laughs> but they'll have boobs, bro. So better. Anyway. Bro, they're going to make out, bro. Uh, I, okay. Anyway, Boy, you know that. <laughs> but this one is Big Bubba. And Stevie f***ing Ray. <laughs> taking on Fire and Ice. Scott Norton and Ice Train. Choo Choo. Um, another one, by the way, where it's like, luck of the draw, right? Yeah, right. They just happen to team up. Well, because, you know, if there's a tag team we don't want to split up, Greg, it's Fire and Ice. Hold on, wait, wait, one second here, wait a second here, hold on, hold on, I think I got it somewhere. These two behemoths and a submission match, because when I think of Ice Train, I think of a fucking submission match. <laughs> of course. I don't that so damn much. <laughs> well, because when I think of Ice Train, I think of something above a star. Uh, oh. I, I mean, I personally think work rate, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's do like... Match. Wasn't he like smooth or something like that? Uh, JB Smooth, right? No, that's the, that's the comedian. I think it was. Yeah. I, th- I think he was just, just smooth, wasn't he? Yeah. 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 JB Smooth is actually funny and talented. I don't know what the hell this fool is, but. And in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, isn't he? Isn't uh, he Spider-Man? Technically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this is a Battle Bowl round one match. Goes three and a half minutes, you know, because you're going to have a barn burner of a match in three and a half minutes during stevie ray's entrance we see the whitest guy in the world dancing in the crowd to the harlem heat theme and it's I don't not know bobby if you saw that no no i didn't see that actually he's a redhead and he's in just like some super 90s style polo shirt and he's like doing some weird like arm dance like to like to the song like malvin the, 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 the tune theme. i thought the dance to them was raising the roof yeah, and uh, not for white guys, I guess. You're so white. And I see. I always thought white people love doing the raise the roof. <laughs> okay, I just want to point out he does not. He does not dance for all white people. So I'm not. It's not me. No, but it is. It is a well known fact that no matter what is going on, no matter where you are, if you hit YMCA, it's a legal requirement that white people have to stop and dance. <laughs> 
And if you're in the South, if you play uh, Friends in Low Places, you have to sing along. Right? That's that's just it's the law. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, as you can tell, nothing happened in this match. In the end, no. Stevie and Bubba knock noggins, fire a nice hit bu- Big Bubba with a double clothesline, and pin him to win. Uncle Dave also gave this negative quarter of a star. I give it a star, star and a half. Let's say you. I'm good for one. I would have yeah. preferred Wild Things, Steve Ray. Oh, my gosh. I forgot <laughs> about that, dude. Oh, my Lord. Well, up next. Those who don't know, go watch the UWF Dark Side of the Ring. Probably the best episode yeah. they've ever done. Watch that or listen to our podcast talking about it. Where was that the guy who thought he was Shawn Michaels coming to the ring? He he like, looked like Shawn Michaels or Lionheart Chris Jericho. Yeah, and he's like dancing and leaning back into the like five people in the crowd, acting like you know yeah. he's getting some big ovation. And it's like, oh my god, this is embarrassing. <sighs> but this next match is actually good. Best match of the night so far, I'll say, but it is Eddie Guerrero and Arn Anderson taking on the Macho Man Randy Savage and Ric Flair in a battle bowl and, round one. And match. you're like, how the hell can you go wrong with these four? Yeah, and again, luck of the draw, Arn Anderson and Ric Flair on opposite sides, and Ric Flair just so happens to be teamed up with his arch nemesis. That never uh, what the hell? How could that have happened? Because Sabio That's, Vega rigged it. It's almost as if it's all fake. Right. But this goes about four minutes. So Anderson attacks Macho Man before the bell even rings, and then Flair actually runs out and beats Savage up as well. Guerrero gets mad at Anderson for cheating. Flair and Macho Man have been feuding for about two years at this point. I'm not exaggerating. Did you happen to hear what you just said? What the Eddie Guerrero gets mad at Eddie Guerrero gets mad at Arnold Anderson for cheating. No, uh, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I know that seems a little odd nowadays, but uh, at the time he was like a white meat baby face. By the way, I have a Jax figure of Eddie in this very outfit. I have the Mattel of this. Still did they, Mattel Mattel the part. they did, yeah. Oh, it's it like, a Target exclusive. I might have bought it. I don't remember. I definitely it was a Hall of Fame my... set, I think, or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember if I bought it or not. I, I may have, but I. I may not have because I was like, well, I are technically already have it. But woman and Elizabeth come out halfway through this one. Flair tags in Savage with an elbow to the back of the head and then forces Guerrero to tag in Anderson. Savage like that's, like, that's a legal tag, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, uh, Jim Cornette was just like pulling his hair out somewhere. They didn't slap hands. Like, you know, that's like a big I, pet peeve of his. Yeah. Like, they gotta be holding the tag rope, and they gotta slap hands! Oh, Oh, man. I just went for it. Uh, Go for the gold, baby. (laughs) I'll bleep it later. Uh, Anyway. uh, Savage finally gets to jump Flair later in the match when when Anderson DDTs his own effing partner. Anderson pulls Savage off of Flair, and then Rick pins Guerrero to win. Uncle Dave gave this Three and a quarter stars. I gave it dose. What say you? I gave it two. wasn't that excited about it, but it wasn't bad. The reason I rated it so low is just because it was a damn mess. Anderson going on. Yeah, Anderson and Flair are beating up their own partners throughout most of the match. And it's just like, 
This is why anybody really wants that ring, by the way. Yeah. Like, obviously, they didn't give a damn about that stupid ass ring. Why would they? So, yeah. And that really sends a good message to the the uh, the fans at home, because the whole point of the Battle Bowl, all this stuff is they're like, well, they're going to they're going to have to work together because, you know, everybody wants that ring. Clearly not. I mean, in the end, this is just a shot at the King of the Ring, if you think about it. Do you remember what the winner of this was called? The Lord of the Ring. So, yeah. Uh, Which, obviously, is a take on King of the Ring. But also, how did the Tolkien estate not sue them? (laughs) How'd they get away with that? Because there's no S in rings. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just coming up with stuff. Yeah, that's well, for all the crap that WWF sued them for, with well, it's uh, confusingly similar because you know Avalanche and Earthquake are you know the same thing. I maintain <laughs> I can see the reasoning in that one. I don't think I'm not saying it was okay, but I can see what they but, meant. It's close yeah. enough. Yeah, natural disasters, right? Yeah, it's just like wow. Uh, but that I'm going to maintain because the Tolkien estate didn't give a damn. Is what I'm. That's what I'm going to go with. Well, maybe Nobody they knew this. that this was going to be like this. Like, oh, no one's ever going to see it, so it's okay. Yeah, no, uh, we don't want anybody to know that our our legacy is associated with that. <sighs> but anyway, we actually get an afterbirth with this one as Flair and Anderson beat the crap out of Randy Savage. They hold Macho Man at one point so that Elizabeth can slap him across the face. For some reason, Ric Flair has a thing of flowers locked and loaded at ringside to give woman as they leave. I don't know where the hell he got that from. But we now go to commentary as Tony Schiavone uh, talks about uh, what we've seen <laughs> to talk about what we've seen so far and what will happen for the rest of the show. More randomness. Bobby Heenan literally checks his watch while on camera and then turns his back to the camera at one point. Yeah, I was completely too. checked out. <laughs> My God. That's that's one thing. You're on camera checking your fucking watch on pay-per-view. Like, when is this shit over? Like, good. And then he turned his back to the camera. Like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> to the point where Tony was like, uh, you want to turn around and look at the camera? And like, good God, man. Bishop has well said interviews. He hired Heenan and uh, and and uh, Oakland just because he could. That tells me right there. They were just there to collect some checks. Well, on the commentary side, Heenan was still great, but like stuff like this, like, and I will say this, Bobby Heenan put every one of their shows over like it was, you know, the greatest thing he'd ever seen. And it, even if it sucked, like he had conviction in his voice. So I bought it. But man, this was like he couldn't have given a damn less about this. But we now I disagree. Con- I think it was easy to carry uh, care less. Yeah, that is true. When, uh, when Bobby Heenan starts making a point, by the way, they cut his ass off to go to a commercial for the Great American Bash. This whole show is f***ed. whole company is f***ed. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, lying. But after the commercial... You ever heard the mean, expression, you've been f***ed since jump, jump Street? Boom, right here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I like the expression from uh, from Jim Cornette. Hey, I'm look, you're screwing this dog. I'm just holding the head. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> and this is during one of their good times. Uh, but after the commercial, we go to Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage with the, with uh, three Hooters girls looking all the way live. 
I will say this. There is literally zero point to them being there other than eye candy. And uh, so Mean Gene can perv on them. All right, hold on. You cut, your whole argument just collapsed on itself. There's no point except for eye candy. Isn't that a point? I guess, but it's like, uh, are you selling something? I figured if they were yes. advertising. <laughs> yeah. Man, you just don't know what the hell you're saying today, do you? Why were they collapsing wearing, all like, over yourself. They're just wearing like plain black shirts. Why were they not decked out in full like Hooters shirts or something? Oh, they were full. <laughs> My God. And them tans, man. They could have made event at Starcade. Their tans what you were looking at? Hey, they could main event in my bedroom. Either way, uh, there is. Oh, that's a quick squisher match, isn't it? <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Hey, I don't get paid by the hour. All right. I, like I never the... even pack at lunch. I like with the, the old, uh, oh, I can't, the Ralphie May joke where he was like, yeah, it's like, quit giving women false hope. Okay. All these guys try to bed a woman. They're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to love you all night long. He's like, you know, be honest with him. He's like, I, I'm I'm at this point where I just tell the truth. He's like, look, I'm going to give you about two minutes of hot loving, then I'm going to roll over and take a nap. <laughs> but either way, uh, the beautiful women hand envelopes to Mean Gene so that he can tell us what's coming up in Battle Bowl. Spoiler, it sucks. Up How do you TV. know? Uh, well, I don't know if anything, you know, if anything from uh, this show already has taught me anything, it's a uh, Said it sucks. Whole thing sucked. Oh, so God gave you a brain, huh? Prepare for, as as Clubber Lang would say, pain, agony. But up next, it is the best match of the night, bar none. It is Dean Malenko, at least in my opinion, Dean Malenko defending the cruiserweight title against Brad Armstrong. Uh, this goes about eight and a half minutes. I guess Brad's current gimmick of five hundred is all American guy. Because he comes out wearing an American flag jacket and some American rock song of some sort. But both of these men are second generation wrestlers. And Brad's a pretty good hand. Nobody gave a damn. He was pretty good in the ring. Brad locks in Dean Malenko's own. Famous brother ain't doing anything right now either. Yeah, right. Uh, Brad locks in Dean Malenko's own finisher on him at one point. But Malenko gets to the ropes. In the end, Dean wins with that gut buster off the middle rope. This was the best match of the show for sure, in my opinion. Like I said earlier, uh, Uncle Dave only gave it two and a half stars. I gave it three and a half stars. I, I I may have overrated it, but look at what we've seen so far. I was just impressed. All right. What say you? I, I gave it two, but I guess in comparison to everything else, it should be three. But I wrote down two. I thought it was a pretty good match. I mean, you know, Brad Armstrong wasn't going to on a just like an amazing match but he was pretty damn good in the ring i if he had any amount of personality to him like when he was on camera i think he could have been pretty big in wcw at one point or another but yeah he just i mean you know i think he made a mistake dropping a rack man but oh yeah of course the fact that they got away with that for any amount of time just blows my mind <laughs> can you imagine his talent, Road Dog's charisma, he could have been a huge star. But, <sighs> nope. Either way, we now get one of the famous, or the infamous, I should say, Blood Runs Cold promos that nobody knows what the hell they are. So we're going back to Mean Gene on the stage with the Hooter girls again. They talk about the upcoming Battle Bowl matches, and I didn't care, so I wrote nothing down. Up next... 
I don't remember what they said, honestly. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm done. Uh, <laughs> the next match is Battle Bowl Round Dose. Is that a time or two in my life? Yep. It is Earl Robert Eaton and Dirty Dick Slater, or Unclean Richard Slater, with Colonel Robert Parker in his corner. They're taking on Hacksaw Jim Duggan and BK Wall Street. And, and if you didn't think that the talent was low enough in their last match, here you go. It's, it goes for about four minutes. Hacksaw attacks. How can this get worse, you ask? Stay tuned. Well, Hacksaw attacks his own damn partner to start the match. Later in the match, Duggan refuses to tag in, and uh, he, but he eventually does. I'll say I will maintain. I don't know why Jim Duggan was a face for years. He's kind of an a hole. <laughs> like when you look at his attitude, well, he cheated every match. Right, like Hogan. I was using his uh, two by four, wrapping his fists up. Right. Later on, Wall Street keeps accidentally also, punching. I I get that he's like a proud American, but how is like screaming USA and waving your flag in a foreigner's or someone's face not like a heel thing? Yeah, well, when we talked about Uncensored 95, he's, like, mocking the Japanese referee. He's, like, mocking the whole situation, threatening to beat the referee up. And just, yeah, not not cool. But uh, either way, later on, Wall Street keeps accidentally punching Duggan when Eaton ducks. Uh, Duggan then ends up punching Wall Street in retaliation. Eaton rolls Wall Street up and wins. Uncle Dave gave this negative star. I gave it, gave it a star and a half. Let's say you. Give it one. Sucked. But yeah. after the match, Jim Duggan beats up VK Wall Street, sending him running. Oh, man, we're going to get more of this. Yes. I was jealous he got to run away from this, actually, at this point. <laughs> Which, this just goes to show Jim Duggan did nothing except feud with former WWF guys in WCW. With him, was Tenta. I think big hey, hold on. When he debuted in WCW, he debuted against the hottest star in history of wrestling. So, God, who? I think his debut was against Steve Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So that was it. That, okay, early on. That's right. Yeah, it hadn't he even squashed, happened yet, mind you. <laughs> so we still know. the MFR. <laughs> and then he went on to feud with like people like John Tenta and Big Bubba and uh, BK Wall Street. It's like, why, like, you just, you can only fight people that you've been with in other companies? Yes. Dumb. I don't understand no. what you're missing. <laughs> yeah. Well, up next, Public Enemy comes out for the next Battle Bowl match. Then, during Ric Flair's nah, entrance. No, 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 Get off the show. <laughs> but during Ric Flair's entrance, Randy Savage runs out and jumps Flair from behind. They fight until other wrestlers and security runs out to break it up. The match gets called, and Public Enemy win via forfeit. Do you ever notice that Bobby Heenan always called him the wild man? Oh, yeah, I think so. He really, like, he didn't do so much in WWF like this, but in WCW, he really lived up to the savage moniker. Because he was always, like, the wild card. You never knew what he was going to do. But the next match is Diamond Dallas Page and Barbarian taking on the Booty Man with the Booty Babe in his corner. Diamond Dallas White Trash. And Rick Steiner. This is Battle Bowl round two. Goes about five minutes. Oh, blue. DDP. 
uh, well, spell it B-L-E-W. Say blue. But DDP obviously gets distracted with talking to Kimberly at ringside. I would too. Uh, <laughs> again, it's awfully cold out there. But Booney Man hits the high knee on the Barbarian. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> but DDP breaks up the pin. Later, Booty Man gets Barbarian in an O'Connor roll. DDP drops an elbow on the back of his head, and then Barbarian pins him to win. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it one. Yeah. Uh, by the way, our friend Kyle from the Apron Bump podcast uh, recently did a show that Booty Man was on, and he tweeted out, he said, somebody recently pointed out to me that uh, the Booty Man's finisher, high knee, sounds like Heine. And he's like, I don't know if that was on purpose. It's like, I was like, of course it's on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, you're late to the game, man. Like, I've done known this. Well, this is what happens when you review tons of Booty Man material. How do they not get rear view before Naomi did? <laughs> yeah, right. There should have been a rear view along with the high knee. <laughs> Give me some time. I could come up with some other ones, but God. Uh, speaking of asses, up next, it's Conan defending the U.S. title against Jushin Thunder Liger with Sonny Ono in his corner. All the man ass in this world, you choose Conan? <laughs> I wasn't talking about his ass. I was saying he was an ass. But anyway, do you realize this match is the Cuban, Conan, taking on Jushin Thunder Liger, Japanese, for the United States heavyweight title? I didn't realize that he said it. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Isn't it funny this isn't like a completely other country, too? Yeah, right. Well, like Conan, comes, <laughs> Conan comes out looking like Latin America threw up on him. <laughs> He's as end, proud to be Latin as Jim Duggan is to be American. Yeah, right. Like, he comes out decked in the Cuban flag and all that, wearing a uh, a hat with the Mexican flag on it. Like, okie doke. But in the end, Conan hits a Splash Mountain for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a half stars, of course. I gave it three. It was pretty good. What say you? Yeah, three. I think this was the best match of the night. Yeah, I'd put that up. I, this is probably my second favorite, but uh, I don't know, or at least tied. Uh, well, my, my absolute favorite's coming up very soon. I think you know which one it is. Oh, uh, <laughs> is, it, is it the Battle Bowl? Yep. <laughs> Uh, gotta, gotta love that one, man. G- give some love to the Battle Bowl. But we now go to Mean Gene Okerlund on the stage, who calls out Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, woman, and Miss Elizabeth. Uh, mean Gene asks Rick she what's been going Elizabeth, on with him. That was trademarked. They they slipped and called her Miss Elizabeth a few times. But, yeah, because I was like, I thought she was just Elizabeth. I didn't think she could use it. But they kept flipping back and forth what they would call her. Like there was okay. an episode of Nitro where he called uh, Ming Haku, and I remember <laughs> uh, Bischoff mid match saying, "We have to apologize, Mister Heenan called uh, Ming Haku. That was a name he used in another company that is not his name here." <laughs> Man, they really had to cover their ass on that one, huh? Yeah, really. But uh, Mean Gene asks Rick what's been going on with him, and Rick says that Randy Savage got locked up in jail and will undergo a psychiatric evaluation tomorrow. He's going to fail. We all know it. Uh, he's then, his last name is Savage. Come on, people. But he then talks about Steve hey, McMichael. <laughs> the hell? 
saying that he can't believe that uh, he told Flair to back off a week ago. Flair says he can't keep Steve's, uh, Steve McMichael's wife out of his back pocket. And that brings McMichael out. Arn, a police officer, and uh, Doug Dillinger get between them. And nobody f***s with Doug Dillinger. Oh, that's why he was the ECW show with Mike Austin down in the archives. Yeah, exactly. I, I think I got it in two shows in a row. Or, well, twice in a month at least. But uh, Michael says that, or Mick Michael says that uh, Flair keeps writing checks with his mouth. And Mongo's about to cash him. Uh, Michael, or excuse me, Flair says that he's knocked over more football players than he cares to think about. He challenges Steve McMichael to get a fellow football player, anyone at all, to face him and Arn Anderson. He says it's anybody he wants, and McMichael says he was expecting this. Why the hell would yeah. he expect this? Yeah. Like, that's hella out of left field. But McMichael says that... Uh, Couldn't you say, he hey, my buddy's here tonight? No, he was expecting it, Greg, because, you know, all signs led to this, I guess. But uh, he then calls out Kevin Green. Green goes charging at Flair, and Flair takes off while security holds Green back. Mongo then you know, tells it's me, funny. At the time, people don't realize how big of a star in, in the NFL Kevin Green was. This was not just some random get. Something yeah, that people was, don't realize this. This was a bit of a coup. Yeah, this and, was a uh, huge gifted linebacker right here. Carolina Panthers were fairly new in the league at this point. I think they're on their second or third year. Hmm. Yeah. Was he on uh, Panthers this time? Yeah, he was. Okay, he's about to go to the Niners, I think. Yeah, he. Yeah, they made a big deal out of it because he he actually at the Great American Bash he wears Panther colors, and um, here on his polo he's got the Panthers logo. Yeah. So I think he. Uh, uh, I think he when he died he was part of the Panthers coaching squad. I think wasn't. Oh damn! I didn't know the that. Panthers. Oh, yeah. Well, th- this was during a time period where uh, football didn't exist for me and my family, so you know we didn't. Uh, we didn't watch any of it. Well, hey, but, I didn't even have a local team like I do, like I don't now, but they're in L.A. <laughs> or they're on the way back. Yeah. I think. So they're on the way back, I think. Yeah, well, for anybody who doesn't know, the Browns left the league in 95, so I we had nothing. My dad actually had a... Why do you a, jump to the Bengals? Uh, because, hell no. You see, that's time, my I reaction. People are like, why are you a Niners fan now? I'm like, well, there's a good reason. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, hey... It's it's still the same team. Uh, it's just that's like what a I tell everybody. Location. I'm like, do you do you just do you start not liking family if they move far away? Yeah, you know? right. It, it makes no sense to say that. The difference with the Browns is like they changed damn near everything. I mean, they kept most of the same roster and they had that had the same uh, owner. They got a new coach. They changed the name. They moved to a new city. I mean, like the, most of the office was changed. I mean, it was. It was a major shift. It basically was like getting a new team. They just, they brought a, a lot of the, they, they did bring quite a few of the roster with them, but there were some that refused to go. So little known fact is that the Cleveland Browns actually drafted uh, Ray Lewis. That's the last draft pick, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Either way, uh, Mongo then tells Mean Gene that they'll face Flair and Anderson anytime, anywhere. Green tells Ric Flair to put his jock on and his mouthpiece in. Because they came to play. Oh, man. I don't think I've ever told another man in my life to put his jock on. Huh. Is, is it just me? I've always, I've always felt like if you're in a situation where you need a jock, it should just be on. So, I don't think I have either. 
You shouldn't have to tell them. And if you do have to tell them, well, then they deserve what's coming to them. But either way, up next. I'm looking for my friends, uh, Mr. Strap, first name Jock. <laughs> Good Lord. Is there a Jock Strap here? Somebody check the bathroom for a Jock Strap. <laughs> I like the. Uh... What was That's the one? Oh, I'm looking for my. I'm looking for a uh, Mr. Jass, first name Hugh. It's like Hugh Jass. Somebody look in the bathroom for a Hugh Jass. <laughs> and the guy comes up. He's like, I'm Hugh Jass. And then he gets on oh, the phone. Oh yeah. And, and, this and is a like, break that went wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's like, so I'm just gonna hang up now. And he's like, Oh, already? <laughs> oh man. Oh, that show never gets old. Nope. I have people talking about, oh, it's not good anymore. It's like, I still laugh at it. I love it. But anyway, uh, this is an eight-man battle royal. It is the final round of the Battle Bowl. The winner will become the Lord of the Ring. Right. But this goes nine and a half minutes. You heard that right. An eight-man battle royal that goes less than ten minutes. Scott, it is uh, Scott Norton versus Ice Train versus Dirty Dick Slater. Versus Earl Robert Eaton versus Rocco Rock versus Johnny Grunge versus Diamond Dallas Page versus The Barbarian. I don't know about you, but I had Johnny Grunge win this entire thing. Well, yeah, he was in the he was in the pool, like you know, it was. Uh, I, I I was gonna say Ice Train for the for the long odds, but you know whatever. But they have this entire tournament building up to one of the worst and most unimpressive mid card battle royals of all time. Who booked this shit? Um, like Bischoff? <laughs> I don't think he was booking this, but maybe. Considering who look, won, I mean. Yeah, well, that is that's true. But look, Diamond Dallas Page was not a main eventer at this time. So you look across this whole thing. It's like, who cared about any of these guys? In their defense, <sighs> I think this was the start of DDP's rise. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's have a bunch, beat a bunch of mid-carters nobody gives a damn about. All right. I'll go Rock but, is in this, in this match, dude. And Dirty Dick Slater. The Rock of Rock gets eliminated first by the Barbarian. Oh, man. I was heartbroken, dude. Dirty Dick takes his boot off again and blasts Robert Eaton in the, in the face, eliminating him. Dirty Dick blasts someone in the face. Okay. <laughs> Let that marinate. Uh, Slater then gets dumped out after that. As How Pearl did Par- Turner allow that on their TV? <laughs> what, Dirty Dick Slater? Yeah. Well, because, oh, he's dirty. And his, and his first name's Dick. It's okay. But anyway, Slater got dumped out. And uh, Colonel Robert Parker is slapping Eaton with his hat for some reason, starting to fight. Slater gets back on the apron and blasts Scott Norton with his boot leading to his elimination. DDP now hits a diamond cutter on the Barbarian, and then Ice Train, and then Johnny Grunge, before pinning Grunge, and then Ice Train to eliminate them. So, I guess you can pin people? I didn't know that either. Yeah, I had no damn clue. Okay, Uh, uh, I know know it's been played out, but I need to say it one more time. Vince Russo is not on this show, or not booking the show. Right. Uh, the rules did not bro, change in the middle of the match. The pins, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and then after this, he gets a near fall on the Barbarian. And then he gets in referee Nick Patrick's face, only for Patrick to shove him. Apparently, DDP's a punk. 
the diamond cutter is not over at all yet because the finish comes <laughs> when DDP DDP hits the diamond cutter on the barbarian for the win. Meanwhile, you could hear. It's amazing how in about a year's time, he will be one of the hottest things they have. And have one of the hottest finishing moves in the entire business. Rival the only by the Stone Cold Stunner. Ah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, you could have heard a mouse pissing on cotton up in the cheap seats during this, man. <laughs> Nobody gave a crap. Then the crowd went mild. But after the match, DDP is handed the Talking battle. Ali ring. coming out of Chicago, mild. <laughs> DDP is handed the battle bowl ring as a ton of pyro blows off. Good God. This happened. But now we go to the back with mean Gene Okerlund standing by with Jimmy Hart and WCW champion. The giant. Mean Gene That's tells right, Jimmy, folks. The battle bowl is not the main event of the damn show of its namesake. No, no, no. <laughs> in, in fact, we get the giant main eventing because, you know, that will put the asses in the seats. <laughs> mean Gene tells Jimmy that he's clearly nervous because he'll have to be handcuffed to Lex Luger. Jimmy Hart pleads with Lex not to let this happen. Then the giant says that even though Sting has been to the top before, he's not the top guy now. He says that he'll exterminate Sting once and for all tonight. I'll get to his promo here in a minute. But uh, Mean Gene asks the giant about DDP and giant says to bring him on. Tells DDP to watch what, what he does tonight and think about it before challenging him in the future. Dude, these giant promos were bad back in the day. He is the world yeah, champion. They got way better uh, over the times. Not like he was ever like the greatest promo, but they weren't quite as corny later on. Like this one, he's clearly doing a stupid gimmick. And he's talking about, you're the rat under my bed, the cockroach in my pie. Like, what the hell? You might want to move out of your house, dude. <laughs> well, it's a fairy tale giant's house, Greg. They all live like that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I remember there was one time where he was talking about going to grind your bones. Like, what the frick, dude? Like, did you climb down off a damn beanstalk? I drink your bones and eat your blood. <laughs> what the hell? That's what, that's what Lassie Cornette make fun of Moxley with. That's all, that's all of his promos. I'm going to beat you up and I'm going to make you bleed. Oh, yeah, because that doesn't happen in every Moxley match ever. Blood everywhere. Being Even against a loser jobber, nobody knows. Yeah, right. Hey, I don't care who you're facing. You will bleed, okay? Gotta happen. Didn't you say that said something about him bleeding if the wind blows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, it, it's in the contract. It's like Tom Cruise has to run, Matthew McConaughey has to take his shirt off, and John Moxley must bleed. Just for walking must dance. That too, yeah. We're going to take our second to last break right here before we get into the main event. On the other end of this, it's main event time. Mercifully. What a main event it is. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh. 
of another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back this one is the giant with jimmy hart in his corner defending the wcw world heavyweight title against sting with lex luger in his corner uh, the stipulation is that Jimmy Hart must be handcuffed to Lex Luger. And this goes for 10 minutes, 41 seconds. So I sent you a picture of this. The Tron graphics for the giant says that he is the WCW United States heavyweight champion. Yep. Way to go. WCW production. But the giant dominates for quite a while. And at one point he goes outside the ring and he lifts sting up to choke slam him through a random table. But Luger drapes Jimmy Hart over that table, so Giant just tosses Sting aside. Later, the referee grabs Sting's shoulder from behind, and Sting blindly elbows him in the in uh, back in the face, taking him out. In the face! In the face! Stinger hits a Stinger splash on the Giant in the corner and keeps beating on him. For some reason, Luger and Hart decide to get on the apron, because, you know, their reasons... And uh, then the giant goozles Luger. Sting hits the Stinger Splash after Stinger Splash on Giant or on the Giant from behind. Luger falls down and pulls Jimmy Hart up onto the corner. Sting goes for a Stinger Splash on Hart, but Hart finally flops out, uh, gets out of the way, and nobody's home for the Stinger. But he lands with a headbutt on the Giant's crotch, because you know you naturally fall that way. Uh, oh, but well. Sting. Yeah, as you're falling, you're like, where's the nearest crotch? <laughs> <laughs> but Sting hits a, a top rope splash for two. But uh, do you remember when that was a thing in wrestling? One, two, yep. sweet. I mean, when I it was, still is. Is it still going? I haven't heard it on any show I've watched in a long time. That it's not as like, loud now, but... Uh, but the giant press slams uh, Sting off of him and onto the ref, so ref's out again. Luger and Hart battle over the megaphone on the apron. Sting goes for the scorpion deathlock on the giant, and the megaphone okay. slips. But the megaphone slips and hits Sting in the face. Uh, the giant finally hits a choke slam and pins Sting to retain that title. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I give it three. It was okay. Let's say you. I gave it three. It was all right. I mean, there was a lot of crap going on, but made the giant seem like a killer. So there's, you know, there's that. So 
an afterbirth in this situation, I think, would be warranted. But no, we just go back to commentary for more BS to close the show. Yeah, an hour long BS, by the way. (laughs) You know you're off the air now, right? Close the show. Go home. Yeah, right. Uh, And hey, look, I'm not going to complain. You know, beggars can't be choosers. The show is over. So there's that. Mercifully, it's over. Yeah, thank God. I that did. does it for that. <laughs> we're gonna uh, we're gonna take our final break. Oh, the other I feel like Alex talks to God when I'm going through misery. <laughs> I'm <so laughs> bad about that. <laughs> Get me through this. Show me the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> now, on the other end of this break, it's final ratings and telling you what's coming up in the future here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the that. mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way back, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, 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 well... What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. K-A-S-T. Hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. Come on. Final ratings, y'all. Internet Movie Database gave this thing 5.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 3.51 out of 10. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10 for either plus, uh, like an F plus or a D minus. What say you? F minus. This sucked. <laughs> I thought there were a. This was worse uh, than Judgment Day that we did. It was a couple weeks two ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, this was worse. I thought that had yeah. a low bar. I thought the main event was decent. Uh, the U.S. title match was decent, and uh, the cruiserweight title match was decent. So basically, the title matches were okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off what you just said and say that's why I thought it was enough. Title matches shouldn't be just decent, and there should yeah. be more in between. Well, Dean Malenko was taking on Brad Armstrong. Did anybody really think he was gonna win? Like at least Conan I mean, took on. Yeah, at least Conan took on Thunder Liger. Like. <laughs> Somebody who, you know, maybe could possibly win. Yeah, I don't know. But that does it for that show, ladies and gents. Next week. Well, actually, we're not done with this week. I forgot. Uh, this Friday is double main event week. So, yay you. It's this a Friday, double main event. It is uh, the first ever SmackDown that aired on April 29th, 1999. I know it aired in April and it's May, whatever, close to freaking enough. I don't think anybody gives a damn. But we like to... We like you to know what? Like, if you are a faithful listener and are going to give a damn, thank you. Yeah, right. 
Uh, I will say uh, for the bonus shows, we, that's what we like to relegate the like the weekly like Raws or Nitros or whatever the hell to <laughs> relegate. <laughs> Very well, down there. <laughs> it's it's not one of the normal pay per views or whatever that we review. So uh, we f- we throw the special kind of things for the bonus because it's like ah, it's a little extra. You know, we're going we're deviating from what we normally do. So there you go. It's a one day a we're going to do the very bonus. first. One day we're going to do the very first uh, UWF Power Hour. Oh God, uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, well, we should do NWA Power, where uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Tyrus wins the NWA title, or whatever the freaking show was that he won that title on, because you know that's historic, man. I maintain you know? that he has that title to carry it around on Fox News to hopefully get them some more eyeballs. Uh, because if you yeah. noticed. Since he won that title, it is on him all the time on Fox News. Oh, well, yeah. All he's on, the time. He's We talked about this off air uh, yesterday. He is on consistently uh, on the top rated late night political comedy show, whatever, on all TV. Not just cable. That is, that is all TV. so apropos, by the way, that that champion is on a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, man, he, he is on that show every single night five days a week showing off the nwa title so there you go Putting over the major wrestling figure podcast too <laughs> most likely uh oh, he yeah, did, i don't because they had his uh his bendy it's the highest selling bendy they've ever had oh wow i think that's he had a, a book recently a too so yeah uh hey man you were you work in news some way shape or form you gotta have a book so if anybody gave, gave a damn about tyrus's life there you go. I wouldn't mind reading if there's some fun, like old school Snoop Dogg stories in there. He probably did some stuff. Oh yeah, I forgot. He uh, he uh, was Snoop Dogg's bodyguard. He did tell some like funny stories about him in like shoot interviews and stuff. That was uh, that was pretty cool. I I liked uh, uh, Snoop would have him like basically sit up all night outside of his room while he's just like in there smoking pot and playing video games. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. But anyway, yeah, uh, the bonus show, like I said, in two days, May 26th, it is the first ever Friday, uh, not Friday Night Smackdown, but the first ever Smackdown on April 29th, 1999. I haven't watched it yet, but we'll talk about it in a couple of days. But that does it for that. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Greg. Yeah, sure. This sucked. <laughs> well, we got to spice it up somewhere along the line. The pay-per-view, I, I mean, not the show. Our show, yeah. man, the well, hey, you gotta watch something. It's it's a little weird when I can look at the what we've done for the month and be like, thank God for the ECW show. Yeah, cleans the crap out of your mouth for a change. But we will see you all this Friday with the very first ever SmackDown, and next Wednesday with Ring of Honor War of the Worlds 2014. Maybe she's a ruin. Yeah.